0: So you have a horse, uh, he's uh, two to one, he's going to pay $6.40, right? You're going to bet $40 into the race, but all of it is contingent on this horse winning. You're going to bet exactly as you're going to bet tries trying to make the score. All right, so you whiff on all of that, and meanwhile, you could have had 40 to win on a horse and got back $128 for your 40. You would have been up 80, $84, right? Or $88. Um, but why would you do that when you could fuck it up? That's what we do. And then show the guy your losing ticket with your bad breath. Uh, you know, you just had a salami sandwich and, uh, you know, something that was laced with garlic. And you get right in the guy's face and, whoa, look at that. he left out the two <laughs> Like anybody wants to hear about your sorry losing waist. Especially in those circumstances, because they're losing too. If you you know, happen to know the guy's winning, maybe he throws you a couple of bucks and says, uh, You know, here's the forest, get out of my face here. You're whining and you're fetching. Unbelievable. No- nothing worse than a guy. Sh- I- is there anything worse in a gambling situation than a guy showing you his losing ticket at the track? Oh,
1: yeah, that's the worst. And, they all- and you all do it. Pass it. Bitch. Everybody, right? Oh, oh, look at that.
0: I left out just... the two. Well, well, you're an asshole. <laughs> that's why you left out the two. <laughs> you
2: didn't.
0: <laughs> you lost. You just admit it you're a lousy handicapper a poor money manager and you really have no business being here in the first place and guess what you haven't had a winning year in your life but here we are <laughs> every
2: day The time wake up with defo joined by luby welcome to the defo show
0: Very pleasant. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Sort of got left in the gate here a little bit, but uh, good to be with you on the Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest and one Mike Luby Lubitz, the birthday boy, celebrated a birthday on Sunday. We extended the ceremonies into yesterday and uh, had a blast out there at the Bamboo Beach Tiki Bar and Cafe. Sight of many (laughs) a good time and fond memory (laughs) In what were sort of difficult times for us uh, in the radio business, we, we were just kind of getting started there. Yep. At nine forty, wins uh, weren't necessarily. Yeah, we were doing okay, but uh, weren't necessarily making the big bucks that we were looking for right out of the shoot. And we're supplementing our income by doing nighttime shows on fourteen seventy WWNN. Where remarkably, twelve years later, we circled back around, and that's where we launched uh, the Mike Mayo's Lunchbox Show. But Uh, It's been much more of a uh, success and a bigger hit as a video stream on the Let's Eat South Florida site. So uh, with that, we will be culminating and ending our relationship with WWN uh, sometime in the next, uh, I guess, 10 days. So, uh, you know, that's happening, but that's okay. They they, uh, went through a lot of changes including hounding me for a payment that we already made for the Beasley <laughs> broadcast system. See, so, so I love the radio business because there's such filth involved and <laughs> such deception. So many diabolical people and thieves and crooks, and they're all in the management and ownership level. The, the talent people, the people that just want to be on the air or be behind the scenes there and, and make people happy by generating uh, you know, something that uh, people will find entertaining in the so-called world of the theater of the mind, which is a concept uh, I warmly embraced. I I always loved radio, always will. I mean, it's a lot nicer uh, to be able to see the people that you're talking to on the show uh, we we do have phone guests, but we always appreciate it when the people make the extra effort and uh, pop on. Uh, we, we have a couple of guests lined up today. I don't know if Dave Hyde is going to be able to be around the computer. I know, I know uh, Scoop Skolnick usually is uh, doing video, and Scoop will be joining us later on. And you talk about – I'm always impressed. I'm overwhelmingly impressed with Scoop, who's a young guy but has a, an incredible sense of NBA history. And total recall of names of guys on teams that have played for, like, the 86 Denver Nuggets and things like that. <laughs> that impresses me. I know it's easier, too. I mean, uh, this was a speculation. And and those of you that aspired maybe, uh, who didn't dream about being a professional athlete if you're a sports enthusiast. Uh, and you had any ability whatsoever. I, I don't know, Luby, did you harbor dreams of being a professional athlete mm. at some time or maybe getting a college scholarship for your playing at second base? And you're thinking uh, maybe some school in the Midwest yeah. will offer me a scholarship. Uh, and, you know, a, a lot of people aspire to that. And, and a common theory was, well, geez, you know, to really get there. And, and uh, I don't know if it's more applicable today, I guess, yet we see it where we're, we're if you concentrated on one sport, see, we, we loved playing every sport when I was a kid, but whatever it was. Now, now, in Brooklyn, it was prohibitive because we didn't play a lot of basketball, surprisingly, in Brooklyn. Uh, in fact, I don't even recall there being a lot of baskets out there. What what was available was uh, pretty, uh, I mean, uh, Spartan-like uh, in, in its uh, presentation, right, where you would have like a, a bent rim with no net on it. Eh. And uh, you had those, uh, what of they? Uh, kind of a rector set backboards, uh, or even the half moon, which was probably the worst backboard to shoot on. Did you uh, not enjoy playing basketball in the half moon hated baskets?
1: It. Hated it. Hated that with the...
0: Double rims with chains. Hate the
1: double rim with the chain, I was just going to say, it was the worst thing ever. <laughs> ever.
0: Very discouraging. I mean, uh, you know, if you are if you were a shooter at all, a double rim was uh, just a kiss of death. I mean, it had to be spot on. Oh, a- even goodness. if you put a ball through as a swish, there was a good chance it was going to somehow find a way to bounce out of there and, uh, and end up being a miss. But, uh, you know, the theory was if you concentrated on one sport, I guess this is more common today. If you concentrated on one sport, that, that wouldn't vastly increased the likelihood that you could make it to higher levels Mm. of playing that game. In other words, uh, you might be good at baseball, basketball and football, but if you just chose one and said, this is it, I'm going to dedicate myself to whatever it takes to be really good at this. uh, Is is it possible to be well-rounded? I mean, you do see guys that you rarely see two sports stars in the pros anyway, but, uh, I mean, you do find out that some guy that's playing, you know, shortstop for the Guardians, let's say, just an example I'm throwing out there, a hypothetical, also starred as a quarterback on his high school football team and carried the basketball team to the state championship. So you do see well-rounded athletes, but I believe it probably is true that if you just, I mean, it makes sense if you concentrated on only one thing, be better That you you would be more likely to succeed in that area, but uh, you never did. You never harbored dreams of uh, making mean, it uh, into a, any kind of profession. Well, I mean, I size might up. have been a, <laughs> we always a mitigating liked, factor.
1: I'd throw. I would practice my wind up and pretend I was Maddox, and I would do yeah. the bad thing like I was Gary Sheffield. But right? my goal, even young, I realized. I mean, you're tiny, so I focused on coaching. I always wanted to be a coach. Was my life coaching was what my dream. Well, was.
0: I, that would have been a good idea to go ahead and pursue that. that that's something I, I I don't know that I would have made a very good coach, but um, it, it's something that uh, now looking at, at the current situation, where is there a better job in the world <laughs> than being a lousy coach once you get a good position? <laughs> Matt Rule, the latest example of a guy I mean, getting sixty million dollars for fucking up the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> You now have to train all of their players. The interim guy has already uh, dealt uh, this uh, Anderson County. He's already gone, huh? That didn't last long. Talk about just taking the tape off the locker there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, your name has been replaced by a blank. Oh, my God. That was always depressing, too, when you got cut from a team and uh, you're sitting there looking and going, wait, wait a minute. My name was up there yesterday. That's my stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they have a the security guy escorting you to the door like, like they do uh, in radio. But,. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you, you talk about, uh, you know, and this would have been a, a dream, right, uh, also for us, uh, having, you know, moved on. Because if you can't play, right, I mean, it, it's kind of like uh, the people that couldn't really perform in a radio, they all became consultants. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you got to play the hits, Defo. If you're going to just sit there and ramble all day, nobody's going to listen to your shows. Okay, great. <laughs> What are you doing, man? What, what exactly. was the furthest you went in this game? <laughs> exactly. Nowhere. Backwards. And, and I don't know there's a great appreciation for talent anymore or creativity. There certainly isn't any appreciation for creativity in, in uh, the radio business. Uh, no a, a dead A dead issue, I, I guess. Yep. So, uh, you know, the departure from WWNN uh, doesn't necessarily con- – in fact, I, I consider it a plus that we're able to leave there and, and get out of the whole uh, mode that and the idea that terrestrial radio – uh, is the only way to go. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was something that, you know, after you realize that you can't be a pro athlete, you're thinking, well, how, how can I get involved in sports? Yep. So, hey, th- this is, in my, uh, you know, estimation, uh, far and away the next best thing, is it not? Unless you can get into some kind of executive position. I mean, could you have been a general manager? Could you not do what Brian Cashman is doing with the New York Yankees? Get Get just a gob of money and be able to spend it and at least create a team that is competitive year in and year out for the most part, uh, the New York Yankees. Uh, and, and they're crying, my God, they're blaming Aaron Boone for the rain yesterday. <laughs> well, you, you would think they'd be thanking him because it puts him in a much better position, does it not? They're going to throw Cortez in a game this afternoon where they were going to have to go uh, with, uh, is it Talon? Is that how you pronounce the guy's name? Talon? T-A-I-L-L-I-O-N? T-A-I-L-L-O-N. Talon? Is that how we pronounce this guy's sure. name? <laughs> who's going to pitch?
1: <laughs> I have no idea. I don't,
0: Jameson Talon
1: I've never heard oh. the name in my entire life.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know. If you're counting on the pronunciation from John Sterling, you're probably never going to get it. And uh, he was going to go against a guy named Savali uh, for uh, the Guardians yesterday. I was looking forward to that. I-, I was sitting there in front of the TV set, and uh, it was Rain Out Theater. Yep. It ended up showing uh, Dwayne Wade has a quiz show. Did you know that? He hosted a quiz show, I- Dwayne Wade.
1: I saw a commercial for it. A couple years ago. I never actually saw the show. I, I thought I never made it to anything.
0: Julian says it's Tyon, which makes sense. I mean, uh, well, you take the two L's, their silence, and it becomes yeah, a be Y. Tyon. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, he was going to go last night, but now they're going to throw Cortez uh, this afternoon, which uh, is a big advantage for the Yankees, you would think. I'm not sure that uh, Bieber is going to be out there, Shane Bieber, for the Guardians. So, I don't know. Edge going to the Yankees? Uh, the fact that the game was postponed? You would think. Cortez has been dynamite. He was better than uh, Garrett Cole uh, during the course of the regular season, was an all-star, kid from Hialeah, great story. It really seems to be a dynamic personality and the type of guy that you would like to have out there, almost Gibson-esque as uh, he goes to the mound today and uh, tries to get the Yankees home. Yankee fans were crying. I mean, I'd never seen, I mean, ye of little faith, my God. Meh. They're down 2-1 to the Guardians, who uh, really uh, they couldn't score at a Heidi Fleiss pool party, at least throughout <laughs> the playoffs. They've been very, very meek with the bat. A resourceful team, a a team that you could root for, an underdog team that, uh, you know, is screaming for the fans to uh, boot them home. And yet they're facing, uh, you know, a a do-or-die situation at Yankee Stadium, now have to face a much better pitcher than they would have had to go against last night. Uh, Big Edge, you know the guy John Heyman? uh, He he was one of the few guys in the New York press that actually was saying the Guardians would win this series before the series started. Now that takes balls, right? You're writing for a New York paper. Heyman became a member of the staff of the New York Post after uh, an illustrious career, very high levels of journalism or sports journalism, if you could call. Uh, Is that an oxymoron, sports journalism? No. Sports journalism? If they do it
1: right, I mean, they might be an oxymoron today because it's about getting it out fastest, not correct. But uh, look, the Armageddon of the world, Leslie Visser, you know, John Feinstein, like when they... Do their good journalist journalism. thing, yeah. you know? Scoop <laughs> this, Skolnick, I mean, celebarn so guys, right? Like when they Dave Hyde is very, you know, this book's talking. Hyde is a, a sports journalist, You're uh, right. I mean, guys that and gals that take it seriously and aren't, you know, new age Twitter newsbreakers. I would knee jerk reactions,
0: okay. overreactions, yeah. uh, premature, as we say, evaluations, which is right up there with premature ejaculations in terms of uh, reactions to certain things. You see a woman. Boom. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> It'll be better next time. I could assure you it's going to last longer. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, they uh, you know, they do have uh, any number of people that, that are uh, scoping out good stories. And uh, this would have been a great story. This Heyman guy, you know, took a shot there. He was the one guy in the New York Post that said the Guardians were going to win. Based on what, Luby? Do you know what his reasoning was?
1: Oh, God, no idea.
0: (laughs) It was sound. (laughs) And actually, it played out so far uh, that the uh, Guardians' bullpen was vastly superior to what was looking like a very messy and dicey situation and also one that Yankee fans have implied uh, has been badly mismanaged by Aaron Boone and uh, that they had a huge edge in the bullpen. And so with starters never completing games anymore, that that, uh, loomed as a distinct advantage, and Heyman thought it was good enough to get the Guardians home. And it may turn out to be the case. Think about what this game is going to be contingent on, Luby. If uh, Cortez goes five, six innings, uh, that's a huge plus for the Yankees. But then they have to get into their bullpen. Uh, there was a lot of debate about whether uh, Holmes should have been brought in in game number three. Aaron Boone had some kind of rationalization why he didn't do that. Well, you know, he had to protect the guy. And uh, you're thinking, you don't need to protect guys at this point. Uh, Garrett Cole says he's available or would have been available to pitch yesterday on no rest, right? Like, I'll just go from Sunday. Okay, I'll pitch another one. Like he was Whitey Ford or something. And uh, so, uh, you know, that'll be an interesting situation to see uh, how that plays out. But uh, uh, overall, I mean, uh, the crying and the whining and the fetching and the throwing in the towel by the Yankee fans has me rooting for the Guardians now, even though I grew up a Yankee fan. And I would have to say I have uh, no, no real inclination to be a fan of the Cleveland teams, except that they're underdogs all the time. right? And were you rooting for the Cavaliers when LeBron was playing there? Oh, no. Yeah, I was. I kind and of I you don't know, like hear. to see uh, you know the, these cities that, that never have any success. Well, Cleveland's had some success, but, uh, I mean, it's been a long time, right? When was the last time the Browns uh, did anything? Uh, Biner oh, and, uh, and Bernie hey, Kosar yeah. were, were playing for him the yep. last time they were relevant yep. and they seem to be just always uh, a shambles. Uh, one of those organizations that finds a way to sabotage itself year in and year out and look at them this year. They're horrible. That was, uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, Freddie, what's his name? Kitchens. Yes. Yeah, when, they, when, they yeah, when they hired him as a head coach, uh, that, that was uh, a sure sign <laughs> that the organization was on tilt <laughs> and about to uh, go backwards. Anyway, Dwayne Wayne had a quiz show. Did you see this thing? I know I'm rambling a little bit here, but uh, there there were so many things that kind of interjected and intersected each other last night in my uh, uh, desire to watch uh, a playoff baseball game of of tremendous significance, see if the Guardians could pull it off. And I find myself, I I know there are a lot of Yankee fans in our audience, but I find myself pulling for the Guardians just to pull off the upset and to douse the smugness of the New York Yankees organization, who, who feel... Is there a more entitled fan base that, than the New York Yankee fan base feeling like they, they own the championship year in and year out, even though they haven't won one since when? Uh, it's been like two. Impressive. <laughs> well, the people are saying on the uh, chat line that we were on, although well, you disappeared, which I, I find well, that, amazing.
1: That's amazing that I host the thing and you were able to still do this show without me. That's actually, it makes me oh, smile. Oh, that's <laughs> kind of an interesting concept here. <laughs> uh, kind of... Jesus.
0: Could keep all the money into myself or whatever's coming uh, in uh, there, as it dribbles in. There you go. All right. Are, are you okay? What's going on over there with you? The do internet, you have any idea what's happening? The
1: internet people are coming later, and no one told me that. So we're going to do our best to get through this show, and then you'll see a very different background from Mayo show because I will not be here for that show. because I'm not taking any chances. No one told me that the internet right. here was struggling. It's good to know. Concerning I do a show based right, on here. Yeah, internet. yeah.
0: Especially since we're uh, life and death <laughs> depending on it. It's kind of like Aaron Boone going to the bullpen. Oh, a uh, bunch of other stuff was happening. Did, did you see this? Uh, I'm going to give you a name here before we uh, get into uh, Dave Hyde here. Okay. See if this rings a bell with you. Uh, does the name Shun Fujimoto ring a bell with you? Shun
1: Fujimoto. <laughs> does
0: anybody out there know the significance of the name Shun Fujimoto? And uh, why would an old Jewish fart like me bring it up on a, a sports talk show on October 18th of 2022? Shun Fujimoto. Uh, there was a reason for it. All right. um, and, and you know what it was? Did you see this kid last night? I mean, you talk about this guy's got to be the special teams player of the week. Dustin Hopkins, who I believe was an FSU he's guy. Was Null. he a Florida state guy? He's a Noel, yeah. yes, sir. What, was he the only good kicker no. in uh, Noel's history?
1: We had a wreck. We had, rec- had Janikowski and then came, I think, Graham Gano, Then came Dustin Hopkins and both Gano and Hopkins are in the NFL now. Then yeah. came Aguayo who thought, looked to be good and then was not good in the right. NFL. <laughs> and we oh, back he, to he was it. a
0: boss man. He was right up there with his Zendejas. Uh, yes. What were they? They were all cousins. I don't think they were. There were brothers and a cousin. There was like Max. There was Luis. There was another Zendejas. And uh, as I've told you many times, I, I covered a little Luis Zendejas football when he was uh, a kicker in uh, Southern California. I think he went to like, uh, I, I don't know, Don Lugo High School or something in uh, Southern California. And he was kicking fifty-yarders in high school. That, that was an amazing thing to see because most high school teams, especially at that time, you're talking about mid '70s, late '70s. I mean, you were lucky if you had a guy who could get the ball in the air, uh, you know, from a place kicking situation. And then here comes the Zendayas clan, and, and they're they're booting literally like fifty-yarders in high school. Things of beauty too, with like spin and everything. Uh, but this guy uh, Hopkins, you're your Florida State uh, alum. Uh, not only came across as a really, really down-to-earth guy. I mean, uh, like a, a, his post-game interview was was great. I mean, you know, he did the usual, I, I got to, you know, pay homage to Jesus Christ. I don't mind that. I brought no, past that. Because no, okay. uh, sports and, uh, you know, religion to me, like separation of church and state. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, if you want to, you know, say that these kicks went through because Jesus guided them, that's fine. All right. However they got through, they got through. But he goes four for four kicking field goals with, with a bad hamster. Yeah. hurt.
1: Yeah. On they, his kicking leg. They weren't going to have him kick, but the guy J.K. Scott had never kicked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're like, oh. And, and
0: he kicks like four, you know, decent mid-range yeah. uh, field goals on like 30-plus on all of them. I think they were all between 30 and 40 yards. Goes yep. four for four, makes his extra point. And uh, unfortunately for me, the Chargers did not cover. Mm. So, uh, you know, a bad omen. Francesco creeping back into the game after getting buried uh, to the tune of 2-13. and 13, Rattled off three wins in a row in the oh, last three no. NFL games. It's okay. You know what? Uh, still well ahead of the pack here, and I, I think I have enough of a cushion to, at the worst break even for the season, even if this guy gets red hot. But uh, the Chargers lay in four and a half, and, man, I mean, the dynamic is just always in play when it comes to the spread, is it not? Russell Wilson, by the way, Dinkin and Duncan, my, th- those were very deceptive stats. He hits his first 10 passes in the game. Uh, he did complete one down the field uh, to a wide-open guy on a blown coverage. Uh, that, that was a good play by Russell Wilson, and that was more typical of what we saw from Russell Wilson in his heyday as a quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. But uh, the rest of the game, he he was worthless. Just complete garbage for $250 million. I think he went like four for 15 the rest of the way. And uh, Denver had like three first downs from the first quarter on. And they lose in overtime. Uh, Surprisingly, the Chargers uh, kept self-sabotaging themselves. The officiating is so atrociously subjective and and, and so poorly uh, legislated right now. Roughing the passer And administered.
1: Such a garbage thing! Oh my god, that that call has to go. They did it I- again. They're just doing. If you hit a quarterback and he goes down, that's roughing the passer. <laughs> like,
0: okay. They do not even go down. I mean, I, literally, the guy just barely brushes the guy after being knocked into him by uh, one of the offensive linemen. And uh you know, they they brush jerseys, and, and here's a flag. I mean, it's killing the game.
1: I just don't get it.
0: And then you see, I mean, uh, you know, and and Troy Aikman, please, Troy Aikman, uh, you know, seems like the nicest guy in the world. But uh, so there was a defensive back on the Broncos who had three pass interference calls against him. And he he is the number one guy in terms of uh, being guilty of pass interference over the last four years. I think he's had, you know, some some exorbitant number of calls uh, more than any other back in the league over the last four years. Right. So this guy gets called three times for pass interference. Then finally, he knocks the ball down, and on a replay, you can clearly see he's got the guy's jersey yeah. with, with the offhand, which is sort of hidden from the official. Yeah. And Aikman's like, "Well, that's the way to bounce back. What a great!" I, it's like Troy—he's
1: got the guy's <laughs> shirt in his mouth. He's eating it. <laughs> <laughs> "Your
0: job is to notice these things." Oh, I guys. saw it. Exactly. Everybody saw it. The entire country saw it. Exactly. You're paying a guy ninety million dollars to be an analyst on the game, and he's going, ho, oh, oh, that's the way to do it. That's what the pros do." It's like, uh, who needs you? I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm screaming. Why, why wasn't that a flag that the guys, I mean, and a, a crucial play also.
1: O, on a third down, it,
0: you know, I mean, you know, naturally I had money on the game, so exactly it became even more exacerbated and, uh, you know, more critical that this uh, guy was blowing a call. But, I mean, uh, you know, why didn't they call him for another one? Because, I mean, he clearly had – did you see this play I'm talking about where uh, he stops a third down pass and uh, forces – Uh, the uh, Chargers to punt, and I mean, just clear cut. He's got the guy's jersey in his hand, and and, the official's looking right at it, and he misses it, and so does Troy Aikman, and and then goes on to this uh, long-winded hyperbole about what a professional this guy is because after getting flagged (laughs) three times, he was able to make this tremendous stop. But when he's just as guilty of pass interference as he was on the previous
1: three, in fact, even more so,
0: right? And uh, Joe Buck, how about this one, man? I mean, and she's a very attractive woman, but. I didn't even know Joe oh, Buck was Thompson? married.
1: Carissa Thompson is... is...
0: That, that's not his wife. No, uh, this is... Um, so who's his wife? his wife? His wife is doing, like, pregame stuff Okay. on the Monday night game. Carissa Thompson's on the uh, Amazon thing at okay. Fox. Yeah, she's she a very attractive woman also. But uh, uh, th- his wife, uh, Joe Buck's wife, well, was a former cheerleader, became a broadcaster. She's doing and, stuff. And uh, she somehow, believe me, out of nowhere, never saw her before on TV, worked her way onto the Monday night football broadcast. What do you think? Was that part of the deal? So not only did they bend over backwards and put their heinies in the air and, and pay this guy eight zillion dollars to come to work for him to do nothing that was going to attract any more fans to the game, but uh, they also had to hire his wife as part of the deal. Well, we need to get more leverage somehow, Louie. Do I don't think we're <laughs> going to do it this way with the internet crapping in and out and me sitting here going, "Are we on?" Eh, what? All right, Dave Hines is going to join us here in just a couple of minutes. And uh, Scoop Skolnick later on. The NBA season cranks up tonight. Uh, you, you think they uh, you know, are pretty clever there with NBA scheduling? What do they have to kick off the season? Second game tonight? Warriors-Lakers. Nice. A marquee West Coast matchup. And uh, you have the Celtics, which would have been a good matchup, although they're in such disarray. Many people are discounting them altogether. And, of course, they had to get rid of the coach there. And I don't know if Udoka ever works again. Most people are saying no. And uh, the Celtics, who had their share of turmoil, obviously, in the offseason, go against the 76ers, who, did they surprise people this year, uh, Luby? I know people have been waiting forever for the process to finally lay itself out.
1: I don't know. They think that, like, the NBA people, look, the Nets and the Sixers are the teams full of head cases, and the people, the NBA pundits want to believe in them. Head cases are head cases. It doesn't change. Like We've seen that that's why it's funny they he get discounted every year with the Heat of the team with a bunch of guys that just want to play basketball and win and you see every year they find their way You're like it's not by luck <laughs> you know like you see the same thing with the bucks you know if the bucks are healthy bucks seem to find their way yeah. there because they don't give a shit about all the the bull they're literally their super duper star goes to chick-fil-a to celebrate a goddamn title like yeah there's a reason that, look the same thing with the Celtics and I can't stand them until now with their coach, they found their way there every year, even though teams, people wanted to discount them. Like, personality clashes matter, especially in basketball when there's only five people on the goddamn court. Like, I I don't know. I I, I think it's Yeah, we'll weird. see. I
0: mean, very unique head cases with the Nets. I mean, you have Durant, who um, no one's been able to figure out, even though he seems at least dedicated to the game. Kyrie Irving, no one's able to figure out. <laughs> I, maybe a Kanye West can figure it out. They seem to be following uh, similar parallels, and, um, and and then Ben Simmons. I mean, guy, oh, God, boy. they talk about a head
1: case. <laughs> wow. Well, the thing of the Sixers.
0: And, you know, I mean, uh, that, that's three head cases from uh, three wildly different worlds.
1: I mean, well, but, uh,
0: At least James Harden, I mean, is a head case. I, I don't think Embiid, you couldn't consider him a head case. He no, would, no, he would but be, I think, a dynamic leader. You need Harden
1: <laughs> <laughs> like to be great. You need Harden.
0: Yeah. Uh, do they, I do think we... he's all in there this year. Go. That's my <laughs> prediction. All in, James Harden. <laughs> Put aside all of the uh, ego and all of that stuff and just capitulate to uh, what it takes to be a great winning team. Well, we shall see. All right, we're coming back with more. Uh, let's get to Dave Hine. He's coming up next. Scoop are always brilliant on basketball. A uh, great uh, way to start out the basketball season with a little scoop analysis and uh, we'll find out what he thinks. He, he, uh, I, I'm thinking he probably has a higher opinion of the Heat than the rest of the world does. As I was reading various uh, commentators and their opinions about what was going to happen in NBA previews, and most people think that the Heat just didn't do anything special in the offseason, even though they were very good. They did lose lose P.J. Tucker. They, they didn't do much to compensate. I don't know if this rookie kid, uh, you know, who, who uh, showed very well in the preseason and uh, in the summer league, I, I don't know if he's going to have any great impact. But, um, and I'm not sure that he's going to compensate for what P.J. Tucker brought to the table, which was an element of toughness, toughness. so that was great. Uh, Bam out of bio, could take off this year, finally. Uh, he was shooting threes in the preseason, and uh, you're thinking Tyler Hero got the money. Is that going to uh, be uh, the kind of pacifying uh, condition that uh, has him off his game, uh, like it was when he discovered that he was very attractive to women? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he knew that at Kentucky, right? You don't think he was nailing some of those Kentucky babes? All right, uh, we're coming back with more in a moment here. Hylia uh, Park, great place to go, as I mentioned. Uh, I kind of got cut off there uh, talking about Hylia Park, but a brilliant place to go. We love them. Check out Hylia Park uh, for all of, uh, I mean, a- a- any kind of uh, gaming you want to get involved in, whether it's horses, cards, slot machines, Vegas-style games, Hylia Park is the place to go. And we're coming back with more in a moment. Now that. Yeah in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park.
2: Hey folks, Tony Segreto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of Old School. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapists, on and on and on, it's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people. There is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services.
1: These days we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Land Lovers Raw Bar and Grill in the Plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landloversbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 30 to 10: And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness, for Landlubbers, for making you always feel
0: right at home. David, are the Dolphins evolving into a well-run franchise? Chris Greer has made some interesting moves. I mean... Regardless of what they've tried to do, they, they win five games, ten games with Brian Flores as coach, and Greer as the main guy in the general manager's chair. Now, uh, with the, this small little fire they had going with Xavier uh, Howard, that they managed to put that out and douse those flames uh, before the season gets underway. What's happening with this Dolphin franchise? Is it possible that they are finally on a path to go in the right direction?
3: <laughs> oh, God, I hope so. i mean as a a poor sports writer having to cover mediocrity to less than mediocrity for most of two decades i i hope so
1: buenos dias the cafecito is piping hot why not enjoy it with defo and luby it's now time for the defo show
0: Welcome back to the show on this fine Tuesday. Jeff DeForest and uh, one Mike Lubitz, uh, and we welcome to the program. This is always uh, great for us. And one of my favorite social media posts uh, of uh, recent weeks was uh, a picture, a little one of those uh, reels type of things where Dave Hyde is opening up a box, and inside the box are the initial copies, I would imagine, from the first printing of the book Swagger that uh, he has done in conjunction with jimmy johnson can't wait to get uh, my hands on a copy of that of course we're hoping dave will send us a freebie it's a lot easier than having to order one and pay for it and then build it to the company write it off as a tax proposition but uh we welcome to the show the author of that book swagger and many others including the perfect season and the outstanding columnist uh, and a preeminent columnist here in south florida with all due respect to greg cody he's been around a long time uh the great dave hyde joins us here on the show david how are you my friend
3: I'm well, and How can I not send a copy of the book with such a beautiful introduction? It was like Christmas Day opening that, that box and seeing, uh, uh, Swagger staring at me and, and Jimmy's football face, his serious football face on the cover. So a lot of fun, a lot of fun that it's come out. Or it's actually yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in, in sales, uh, next month, but it, it's, uh, a finished product now.
0: I mean, uh, unless, uh, you know, I, I've gotten involved in various uh, failed business enterprises, uh, including uh, uh, with a, a friend of mine who has a printing company, uh, Marty the Party Sacks. So uh, I thought we'd print up a bunch of shirts uh, with the words fully vaccinated. And then <laughs> and, and, uh, instead of the exclamation point, it would be a syringe as the exclamation point at the height of the whole COVID craze. And I thought these would sell like hotcakes. I still have all 250 of them. Case, uh, I'll send you one. I'll tell you what, I'll send you a fully vaccinated shirt. I have them in, in, in black with white lettering and also white with black lettering. And I always get a, you know, a raised eyebrow or two when I'm on my walk of life and I'm wearing them and then I have a for sale sign on the back. But um, I will trade you one for, for a copy of the book. I, I think you're getting the short end of the deal there. Though, cause I would imagine the book
3: sells for far more than the money we had invested
0: in the shirts. Yes,
3: you, you know I'm. I, I've had uh, previous book ventures, um, a seventy-two dolphin book that's actually out on Amazon now as we celebrate nice. the fiftieth anniversary. But nice. the first printing in the thirtieth year when it came out. Um, 6,000 copies, the final 6,000 copies of a 10,000 run burned down in a warehouse. So oh, tr- no. trust me, oh, I know yeah. failed business ventures. <laughs> oh, <Yes. no. laughs>
0: Somebody asked me yesterday, actually, we were out uh, doing a remote with Mike Mayo for his lunchbox show, and the uh, general manager of the restaurant there, uh, a good friend of ours named Joseph, Joseph Payne, uh, he says, uh, Defoe, uh, why don't you write a book? And, and, and I was thinking, I, I can't. I mean, uh, I'm good in short spurts. I could write stories. I could write articles, but, uh, you know, sustaining the ability to write a book, you know, uh, from start to finish and having it be interesting all the way through. I mean, how different is that uh, for you, uh, Dave Hyde, uh, than uh, j- just, you know, your, your daily uh, routine of writing columns?
3: Well, that that's part of the reason I want to do it because it is different, you know, and like in any job, uh, it's fun. And, and, you know, stimulating to do something different and, and to do get to work with jimmy get to uh you know work on the same side with him where you can ask him anything and, and he'll tell you and open himself up with good thoughts and let's face it jimmy's a lot of fun to be around right you guys have been
4: around yeah, him. yeah yep,
3: and yep, so yep. No, it was, uh you know that that, that was part of it. but the, the writing part you know the discipline and all that but it's a it's a different a different style of writing and a different, you get to really stretch yourself and stretch your subjects in a way you can in a daily column. So, um, you know, from, from that point of it, the craft point of it, it was, uh, it was good to do as well.
0: Now, uh, as Jimmy read the book, as he approved of, uh, you know, what you put out there or are you guys still on speaking terms? Sure so, yeah. <laughs>
3: it's sort of what was it we, we, charles barkley who said uh i didn't say that and it's in his book i i certainly hope we don't have any of those moments uh, uh yeah. no no he's read it he likes it uh you know and it's on a few different levels as i see it it's a sports book in that you get a lot of stories of the hurricanes the cowboys the dolphins that uh you won't have heard it's a leadership book it tells you how you know to come up with innovative ideas and how to lead a group and then it's uh you know it's a you know Jimmy opened Jimmy opened in his soul book about the, the the struggles or the sacrifice of to succeed at that level um, inside you know shortchanging your family and then dealing with family issues his, his son Chad was an alcoholic or he is an alcoholic but now he's uh, turned his life around and his uh, he wants to you uh, uh, centers to help alcoholics and addicts, and, and so uh, you know, it, it, it was interesting on all three levels uh, to write the book and, and talk to Jimmy about it.
0: All right, it's good. No, We didn't want to see you in a situation like that golf writer with Phil Mickelson who, uh, you know, was doing the interviews, and yeah, well, he, he got Phil very candidly saying that the Saudis suck, and then Phil took a check, uh, you know, that was written in Arabic. And then the next thing you know, he was calling a guy a liar and said, I never said any of these things. So,
3: we don't like I to see relationships. i never talked to Alan Shipman. Yeah, yeah a, little
5: odd there, a little odd. I don't think
0: we'll have that. Yeah, we don't like to see things fall apart like that after the uh, thing, the final product is on the shelves there. All right, very good. Uh, Dave Hyde with us here. Um, now, you had... Like we did, a lot of optimism for uh, this Miami Dolphin team, and you've been doing a lot of coverage on the Dolphins. Uh, You had a great article about Mike McDaniel, who uh, I I said this yesterday. I don't know if uh, you see the same thing. Uh, His press conferences now are are making him look more like, I don't know if you remember when uh, Truman Capote used to be interviewed all the time, uh, the author of In Cold Blood, and he kind of had this uh, very mild-mannered and oddball way of speaking. And uh, McDaniel has sort of morphed into that uh, a little bit. Not that he wasn't enthusiastic before, but uh, there was a much more upbeat tone to, uh, you know, the things that he was saying. And, you know, now that he's lost three games in a row, uh, you know, the the story might have changed a little bit. What do you see there? Uh, Should we just put a line through the last few games because of, um, you know, uh, almost like a -a whack-a-mole situation with the quarterbacks? Or, uh, you know, is the team really, uh, you know, now rising or or lowering itself to uh, the level that people thought that they would be at, at the beginning of the season, many of the experts?
3: Well, I, you know, I, I'm interested in McDaniel. He's, he's uh, you look at the start of Sunday's game, and he had receivers running wide open. You see how good his offense is. How when it's clicking and when they're they're running, you know, guys in motion and and uh, confusing the defense. And Skyler Thompson, he, he looked pretty good there at the, first, at the start. And and, yeah. and again, guys were running wide open. So you you see. There now he's now he's got a three-game losing streak, and this is where head coaches, you know, make their money, right? I mean, this is when things get tough, and and yeah, the quarterback getting to a back will help definitely, but they got to clean up other things. They didn't lose Sunday because of the quarterback; they lost because they had three turnovers to Minnesota's zero, and they had ten penalties to Minnesota's two. Those are the things that um, they got to clean up because. Whether you have your starting quarterback in there or not, um, you, can't, you can't go 3-0 in the turnover margin and then have five times the amount of penalties as the other team and, and win games.
0: Are they starting somewhat from scratch on Sunday night? I mean, uh, many people thought they might be doing well to go 3-3. Three three first six games, there's certainly 2-2 two and two through the first four, so I don't know that it's uh, you know a tremendous aberration from expectations uh, no, that the no, Dolphins are sitting there at 500. Game.
3: No, they're in good shape. I, I mean, as far as the standings are, that's not an issue. That look, they they played six games. Each team, it will, it, nobody's below 500. New England at 500 is the worst record. Everybody else is above 500. That's a, that's a tough start. And you knew the first four games were going to be tough. Now they play five teams with losing records and a bye week thrown in. So you know this is the place to make hay in the schedule and, and they should they, we, we, in a few weeks we should be saying, well, they straightened everything out and and, and you know look what they did to Chicago and Detroit and, and uh, um, Pittsburgh because you know this, these if they if they are the team people think they are they, they, they pick up their schedule and they win what? Four or five, five? Five in a row. I she mean, yeah. They're
1: going to be favored in all five. They're going to be won favored in games. all five of these upcoming games. Well, so we all know, and by we, I mean, I include you because you've done a lot of conversations with us in regard to how I feel about Tua. I was high on him, and I think he, in some ways, vindicated me before he got hurt, where I mean, he was playing really well. He was rated as a top 10 quarterback, and that's where I figured he was top 10 15. So that's great. And him coming back, like you just said, Dave should make them better. But again, he could be playing behind Greg little, who I didn't know you could have a 1.9 rating. I didn't know that was a thing. That's how bad Greg little has been in between being out because he gets hurt like three times a game as the third string guy. Teron Armstead has been hurt every game now. missed a game. Um, the rest of that offensive line, it seems banged up. Even Connor Williams, who's played really well, has been banged up. So as good as Tua should help them, <laughs> playing behind that line, he may not survive. So what are your thoughts on, even with Tua back, the way that offensive line has just been sort of, uh, how this team can get back even against that lower competition?
3: Yeah, it's an annual problem. And well yeah, when, when they bought Charon Armstead, when they paid the big contract, you looked at the number of games he's played and he's missing five games a year um, and guys don't get healthier in the NFL. No one expected a toe issue, but um, you, you figured they're, they're getting a guy who missed about a third of every season. And so um, that was a roll of the dice, um, a roll of the desperate dice because there weren't any big figure options for them to left tackle. But you know what? I, every team's got offensive line problems. Um, You look at the Chargers last night there, they've lost their all pro uh, left tackle. They're on the third center. Um, New England's lost players. Every team is losing players. And the question then becomes depth and coaching and, and, you know, how well you, you know, fit, fit this roster around what you need. And, and so, um, no, no one's going to sit there and say, "Well, they, they lost because uh, Austin Jackson hasn't been around." Or, um, but, great Greg Little had played had played pretty good until last Sunday when he just got taken by one of the better pass rushers in the league, is Darius Smith. So, um, you know, it, it, they're, they're fortunate that T.J. Watt isn't playing for Pittsburgh, that, that he's out, and uh, and and. Otherwise, it could be get ugly, and, and you'd, you'd, you'd have some fear for Tua.
0: When you do, I don't know if you uh, take part in those uh, who has the edge things anymore in the Sun Sentinel. But, uh, I mean, the Dolphins have to have a big edge in the intangibles because they get Steven Ross back <laughs> this week. <laughs> I don't think anybody's really taken that into consideration. Yeah.
3: Well, it, it really up, matters this it. week because Brian Flores is coming back to town. That's true. Oh, oh, that's it's right. right. You're You're Brian. <laughs> Who has the edge? Who has the edge? Brian Flores or Steve Ross?
4: Oh, my God. That's <laughs> interesting, yeah. so that's Ross really will be
0: up there agonizing on Jerry Jones-type fashion as uh, Nat Moore feeds him another okay. hot dog and says, uh, Don't worry, Steve, it's going to be Okay. <laughs> Reno has that look of concern. Uh, you know, I always love the shots oh, of the uh, Dolphins God. executive booth because they were usually imperiled though, whenever they uh, shot the camera uh, going in that direction. But um, we'll see what happens. I, I actually think uh, McDaniel distinguished himself pretty well because he's been dealing with a lot of adversity. Uh, that, that's not easy to do, uh, juggling quarterbacks like that, going down to a third-string guy, playing as a rookie. It looked like he had him doing, uh, you know, things that, that were extremely favorable in the beginning of the game, uh, you know, they probably, uh, you know, should have had more points on the board. I, I know that's a cliche, but, uh, it's they, they six straight three and outs from the Minnesota Vikings yep, yep. supposedly with a new improved wide open offense mm-hmm. under a new head coach. And, uh, they were moving the ball, moving but they it, yep. just, uh, weren't uh, putting points on the board. And, uh, unfortunately then, uh, Thompson got hurt and, and Teddy Bridgewater uh, actually had some success, even though everybody said that he stunk to join out, but, it wasn't until late in the game that, that things things eventually uh, crumbled. And uh, they were more or less in all, all three of the games that they lost. So I, I don't think that's uh, bad considering but, the dynamic they were dealing with from the injury standpoint.
3: They dominated. You look at the stat sheet. On they Sunday. dominated 23 yeah. first downs to 11. <laughs> they had 450-something yards to 234, I think, in Minnesota. There wasn't any problem with the offense moving the ball or – it was, you know, look. Jalen Waddle had a bad day. Two, he was responsible for two turnovers, and including the one that effectively ended the game. Um, they had three turnovers, uh, um, and 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 the penalties, and those are the things that crush them. So, look, you can see how McDaniel's is going to succeed. The the innovative thinking on offense, and and uh, you know, he, when he picked Skylar Thompson over uh, Teddy Bridgewater to start on the basis that Thompson would practice last week, I was like, wow, that's a, that's a unorthodox move.
5: Cause you, you,
3: a seventh round rookie who, who hasn't started a game over a guy who started 70 something games and was 12th in the last year. In quarterback But, but you know what, he, he came out and he made it work you until again, another quarterback goes down and Thompson, he, he has been dealt a, a crazy hand these first six weeks as a head coach.
0: Well, and we're talking with Dave Hein here the Sun Sentinel and also author of the book that's uh, going to be uh, out uh, for everybody's uh, consumption and uh, purchase, uh, Swagger with uh, Jimmy Johnson. Um, you know, you haven't seen any moves uh, from McDaniel that, that made him look like he was an inexperienced rookie. I mean, uh, it's hard to scrutinize anything in a negative fashion that he's done so far. I mean, uh, I don't even know if there are many plays that you could question or play calls. Or just a couple of things here and there, but uh, that that happens with all coaches and uh You know, if the cliche is applicable that, uh, you know, uh, the best thing a coach can do is put his players in a position to win. I I think he even did that uh, under, you know, uh, kind of uh, difficult circumstances the last uh, three weeks. And he found ways to win, manufactured ways to win in tough spots uh, the first three weeks. So I would have to say, you know, so far, I mean, I guess what I'm asking, Dave, is is it worth a shot at 12 to one to bet McDaniel to be the coach of the year? In the AMC.
3: That's what it comes down to. It's, it's always the Yes, Hello. I mean, it always boils down to the <laughs> I know that. But us.
0: You were open well, to Robert coming Sala on the show. Would you, be in the, yeah.
3: look, at, look, look at the New York coaches right now. They're, yeah. they're the yeah. leaders in the clubhouse. Oh Sayola and Dable um, for what yeah. they're doing. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, in, again, in five weeks, we could be saying Mike McDaniel, coach of the year, right? Look what he did with the quarterbacks. Look look how he navigated that three-game losing streak. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, I, I mean, there are quibbles with what he's, uh, you know, they, they were very aggressive at the end of the first half, with they were at their own 11, I believe with 28 seconds left and, and throwing downfield and that's where Waddle, yeah, lost, you know, he dropped the ball and, and it got intercepted and, and, uh, so I, and then they went, I, I haven't heard the logic. I, I can guess the logic, going but for 2 they're down. Yeah, when they went for two, I didn't get that. Um, they just scored. They came within seven points, and they're going for two. And you know, I, I, I get the analytics logic, of that, but not, you know, is that the right decision? So I, I mean, these are small picture detail quibbles. Though so in the big picture, the question's going to be, you know, can he keep this team pointed? Can he? in The last couple games, they've had a lot of penalties. Now they're twenty-eighth in penalties. Um, at some point, as it did on Adam Gaze, we're not there yet with Big Daniel. It's too short a period. But if this keeps up, th- that, these are the things he's got to get his handle on. The other thing is, at some point, as an NFL coach, you got to be a jerk and and <laughs> get people back in the lineup. Um, Austin Jackson's missed how many how many games with a sprained ankle? <laughs> um, I, you know, and I'm, I'm not I'm not single, and I don't know injuries and all that stuff, but um at some point part of a coach's job is is uh, getting people back out there so um, you know it, you know we'll see how it is it, it's been a good start for him under difficult situations coach of the year let's uh, let's see what happens the rest of the way 12, 12 to 1, one i might man, take
1: dude. those odds that that's through. the thing 12, yeah. 12 yeah. to 1 that's pretty good he should be a top 6 candidate yep. right now yeah happen i mean i've seen yeah, I, yeah I, I think in a few
3: weeks, they'll be, you know, somewhere eight and three, seven and four, something like that. And and, uh, his stock will be up again.
0: His candidacy will be rising. I mean, uh, you know, right there with the MAGA Republicans, uh, uh, you know, and Herschel Walker. Um, uh, all right, uh, Dave Hind with us. One, one of the great things about Dave Hind, uh, very versatile, and you have to be to be a columnist, uh, you know, in any city and be the number one guy at a major metropolitan newspaper. Uh, and, and the Heat will be opening up their season tomorrow night. The Miami Heat. Now, uh, I read a bunch of preseason previews, you know, trying to familiarize myself with what's going on in the NBA. I mean, it's kind of a chalk league. So naturally, everybody thinks, you know, the two teams that are going to be in the finals, uh, you know, are, are going to be teams that were released in the semifinals last year. Many have the Warriors repeating. But where did the Heat stand, in your opinion? Uh, it, it seemed like they, they were not held in the same usual high esteem that we see in recent years or have seen in recent years uh, with the Miami Heat uh, as preseason favorites to do something significant. Uh, What do you see there on the horizon for the Miami Heat? Uh, How would you assess what they did coming into this year?
5: Well, when they went
3: to the finals, uh, was it three years now, two, two, three years ago. Yeah. Nobody picked them to do that last year. Nobody picked them to come within a three point, a missed three point attempt by Jimmy Butler of going to the back of the final. So it, 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 and they're in the same situation again because they don't have, um, you know. Look at the other teams have made big moves this off season. They um, and and you look at uh, um, their roster, and, and and for whatever reason, Jimmy Butler isn't considered to be in that top tier of superstars. When you look at what he's done since he's been here, and it's like, how can he not be? Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. he, he he carried a team to the finals. He yep. he carried an injured team um to game seven of the eastern conference finals and and again one shot away from going to the finals and and um so if if they have a you know a good year again it'll surprise people again you get spolster his teams always get better over the course of the season as he figures out and and finagles how to um get more and and out of them and how to use the players and um the odd part of this season for the heat is everybody's back it's the same essentially the same team as last year um, for better usually uh, in that you can, you know, everybody and, you know, you you work together with uh, the, the, the players and the team and, and, and for worse, is you, you like a little freshness. And, and I, I'd assume at some point they, they have to get a little, they have to get a power forward. Maybe, maybe they prove wrong as they're as they're going through their preseason and, and, uh, and, what Caleb Martin's playing there or, or whoever, but, um, you you'd think they need a little more size and rebounding.
0: I think Butler doesn't garner, uh, that type of, uh, you know, respect and all the hyperbole as a superstar because c- his shot just isn't pretty, you know, I mean, you you watch Kawhi Leonard shoot jumpers and, uh, you know, he does all this other stuff that Jimmy Butler does as well. And, uh, you're thinking, wow, now, now that's a superstar, but, uh, No, Jimmy Butler's sort of inconsistency from the outside, even though he's a dynamic scorer when he wants to be, uh, I think probably uh, prohibits people from putting him, uh, you know, and maybe the reason that they don't see that that winning is really the bottom line. And he's always a major catalyst into any type of success uh, that the team has and very rarely is somebody that you look at and say, wow, man, if it wasn't for Butler tonight, uh, the Heat could have had that ball game. All right, uh, I want to touch on a couple of quick things here, Dave, and appreciate your time, but uh, the Cats got their season underway after uh, a really disappointing a floundering effort in the second round of the playoffs last year, uh, and uh, many people thought that that was the best team they'd put together for a long time. They they pull a monster deal off and get a new coach. Uh, this Matt Kachuk, uh, we know, is an accomplished player and uh, has to be an asset. Uh, people were, I, I don't know, I guess down on Jonathan Huberto for lacking aggression when it came to taking shots. But, I mean, he, he literally was the John Stockton of passing the puck. I mean, just fantastic on assists and uh, helping the team score. Um, where, where do you see them? I mean, uh, they won their first couple of games. They lost last night uh, a couple of really pretty goals uh, by the Boston Bruins uh, against them. Uh, triggered that victory 5-3 They lose. So they're 2-1 on the season. Uh, do you see them being a huge factor throughout the year this year? They had a sensational regular season last year.
3: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, they they were they won the uh, regular season last year, and now they've built them. You know, you you talk to everybody out there what what the moves were made for, and and I was out there last week before the season, and and they're made moves to win in the postseason, and they're going to change how they play to. Um, the idea is to keep the same offense, but add a, a grittier level of defense. And that, that was uh, that wasn't the reason why they got Kachuk, but Kachuk fits into that what they need. He plays with an edge. He plays, you know, they're a they were a pretty team last year, and, and um, I mean that in a good way. In that you know, you go to games and you, you might hear fans chanting, "We want ten for the, for goals." Um, but that didn't translate into how how the playoffs are are done. And so, you know, look, Huberdu was 29, Kachuk's 24. Um, one is a purely an offensive player. One's an all around player. Um, so you see, it, it, it was kind of a no brainer. Kachuk's guys at Kachuk's level just don't come free. Um, and so, um, you see why they made that move. Now, how it all works out, you're gonna have to wait till the playoffs. Because if if it, this is everything was done for the playoffs, not for the regular season, and and the idea is to get in a a system that fits the way they can work in the playoffs better than the the uh, wide open uh, you know Harlem Globetrotters type of uh, game that they had last year.
0: Dave Hyde, uh, always a pleasure. Uh, we thank you for sharing time. I, I did want to touch on Mario Cristobal, but uh, we'll save that for another conversation, hopefully uh, after he accumulates a couple of more wins, uh, to see uh, where, where the Canes fans are, are at with regard to uh, yet another savior who's come in here, who they uh, quickly were ready to turn on uh, after uh, you know the loss to uh, Middle Tennessee State, which you know, by all uh, rights, was uh, somewhat of a disgrace. Uh, uh, The book, uh, can people uh, pre-order? I mean, uh, where can people get their hands on a copy of Swagger?
3: Absolutely. Go on uh, either Simon & Schuster or or Amazon, and Swagger is the magic word, Defoe. You got Swagger, right?
4: (laughs)
0: Definitely. Uh, Not anymore, man. It's 71. I I have a walker (laughs) with tennis balls on the four corners there. Yeah, it's the old Dean Smith thing. <laughs> People that wondered got, why why I, I, a case I'll of say, tennis balls got, is shown. Yeah, go swagger, ahead. Depot.
3: Yeah, strange to you me. got swagger. You you talk with swagger.
1: Definitely.
4: It, Maybe it's you don't funny because uh, <laughs>
0: I had a Mustang <laughs> order a case of tennis balls, uh, and uh, you know I'm still playing. But uh, the, the neighbors actually thought it was for my walker. You know. <laughs> He said, did you really need the, like that many cans? You know, I mean, uh, how frequently do they wear out? Because they were concerned about their own. Uh, Dave, Dave, we love you, man. Thanks so much. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And uh, best of luck with uh, all of your ventures. And I think this one is going to be far more of a success. Sure. Uh, than. I mean, who, who figured that you would have a book burning of those proportions? And uh, you know, have that still as uh, part of your, your resume. I,
3: I, I still remember, I still remember the, watching the news, seeing my still perfect <laughs> no. books burning. Oh, no. so, but no. thanks for having me,
4: Depot. Good talking to you.
2: You're the See you, Luby. Man, thank
0: you. All right, always a pleasure, Dave. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Scoop Skolnick's coming up here. Uh, Scoop is great. Of course, uh, work for all of the newspapers here in the uh, so-called metro area, if you could call it that right, uh, he, he did the trifecta, yes, Palm Beach yes, Post, Sun yes. Sentinel, and Miami Herald. Yes. Uh, is immersed. I, I don't know anybody that's deeper involved in uh, NBA and heat coverage than Scoop Skullnick, and he started a national thing now, so we'll ask him about that. And, of course, uh, I, I don't know. Outside of Ira Winderman, I, I, I'm i saying it's 1-1-A one one between Scoop and Winderman. Yeah,
1: we just don't know. Probably
0: on longevity, a slight, I, I don't know if I give a slight edge to Ira, but he's been there since the very inception.
1: He does a great job. I'm, I'm yeah. not against him. I just scoop does as well. Like I love talking to Ethan Skolnick about the heat. He, yeah. His in-depth knowledge. And the thing is he does ha- have an inside. Like he is really close with them and he's always yes. respected them. So they, he gets information. Not everyone gets winderman and him pretty much locks They're that. right
0: there. They're right there uh, together, I, I would have to say. And, and I mean that in the highest of uh, complimentary fashions, because uh, both guys do a great job. They do a great job. So, uh, I, Ethan's going to join us. Uh, we haven't, uh, I don't know, uh, was uh, Winterman asking for a fee? or we contacted Winterman? I know he does stuff with other people and has fees, and
1: that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, we just don't do that. <laughs> uh,
0: we certainly weren't amenable to uh, considering that. <laughs> no, we... You gave him the old thing. If Feinstein and uh, Iron Eagle come on for free, what, what are we paying you for? Wait a minute. No, no, Scoop is great, and, and we're of course you know reasons. associated with his Five Reasons Sports Network. Is, uh, do we air daily on uh, Five Reasons yes, with sir. Uh, some of our stuff for the most part? Okay, great. This time of year, we're a- definitely this... daily. Yeah, well, this will be good because then we can use Scoop and his segment on his story. on his own network. Fantastic. All right. So he's guesting on his own network today, as uh, well as uh, guesting with us. Scoop gone coming up in just a few minutes here. Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. I mean, speaking of Dave Hyde, I- I'm hoping Dave can make it down there once we formalize uh, a date. Why are you laughing? It's
4: like
0: I- the I- I'm amazed director. that Tommy Fox shined on a high school reunion. He's the type of guy that would really enjoy that sort of thing, because, uh, you know, that-, that was a tight knit group. That whole uh, St. Thomas Aquinas uh, group with Tommy Fox and John Kajemi And, of course, Larry Calvano was a part of that thing, a guy that owns Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. And and the Jimmer is uh, great. So, um, you know, I I can't wait to get down there. I'm looking very much forward to that. And uh, let's hope that comes together uh, very soon because it's a wonderful place to be. You see, uh, you know, know, the pictures, I guess, are are fantastic that we have on our uh, video uh, spot for uh, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. and, And yet they don't really... Tell the story because as spectacular as those aerials are of the waterfront and all of that, uh, the real pleasure of it is being down there inside the place and getting that good vibe that you get from people that are having a great time in the Keys, and, and it's extremely relaxing, and at the same time, it's uh, also intensely exciting uh, to be at Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, especially if you have a, a significantly, uh, you know, uh, 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 well-oiled palate like Mike Mayo. I, I can't wait to bring the gambling Gourmet down here because he's going to love it, man. Did he put his finger in a fish dip yesterday?
1: No, he 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 didn't do the finger in anything yesterday. Thank God.
0: Okay, because it was finger food.
1: It was finger food, but he.
0: But I don't consider fish dip to be finger food. No,
1: it's not. He, you take the individual not chip, if you're sharing it and you dip it, one dip, and eat it. And he was good. He
0: didn't do one of these where he put it on no, the on that. Uh, he was good. Thank no? God. Yeah, he, right. he was good. All right, let's hope he behaves himself when he's down there. Because you get away with a lot of Jimmy Johnson's big chill, it's not like people are going to yeah. crucify you for uh, having uh, zero etiquette. But, you know, they, they wouldn't mind if you were at least uh, somewhat well-mannered, uh, even though it is the keys. Uh, you're going to love it. Great food and drink, uh, tremendous atmosphere, great place to take in all of the sporting events that are going on. I mean, this, uh, without question, the wildest time. We've had that debate. Is it springtime or the fall uh, the best time to be a sports fan? What more could you ask for, right? Today you've got uh, two playoff games, uh, I guess because the uh, – the American League series, uh, you know, is uh, continuing with the Guardians and, and the Yankees. And the National League uh, Divisional Series gets underway with the Padres and the Philadelphia Phillies yeah. later on tonight. So, uh, big uh, sporting landscape. Uh, it's always a great place to take in uh, all of the sporting events. And uh, this is a terrific time of the year. The weather is supposed to turn uh, just slightly cooler. Uh, no more abnormally hot 90-degree temperatures, so that makes it even more pleasant to be in the Keys. And there's nothing like lining up with uh, something great to eat and a couple of margaritas or chugging a few beers at Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill That's mile Marker 104, the Overseas Highway in Key Largo. I would imagine uh, people will stay away from Alabama Jacks also uh, lately and those greasy conch because, uh, you know, is Alabama Jacks representative of, like, Alabama? Is, uh, <laughs> now that they're losers, people will be heading, I would think, you know, associate with a winner like Jimmy Johnson at exactly. the big show. alright uh, coming back with uh, Ethan Scoop Skolnick Five Reasons Sports Network and he has a new podcast uh, I don't recall the name of it I've Fan Sighted is
1: the site that it's attached with and he'll talk more about that when he comes up doing NBA as a whole and he's still doing his okay. stuff with five reasons. So he, again, He makes sure to tell people, well, "I'm not leaving." <laughs> like you're still going to get your great heat. But well, was
0: fan-sided The thing that was started by our friend Scotty Kaplan, who used to toil here in uh, South Florida, I or don't is that know. something different? No, no, no. I mean, I, I mean, thought Captain he was associated with thing. that for a while because he's out in San Diego. He might be and, on uh, Really, one of the pioneers of leaving radio and getting into streaming. Uh, Scott Kaplan, a good guy, uh, works. Uh, you see him sometimes. I guess uh, mostly on the West Coast broadcasts of uh, CBS. Uh, games uh, might be more of a regional thing, but, uh, yeah, uh, uh, we'll find out. Anyway, Scoop, always on to new adventures. And, uh, you know, we're very proud of the fact that, uh, I mean, we love anybody that can start from scratch more than once and make it happen. So uh, Scoop Skolnick joins us next here on the Defoe Show. That's Mike Luby Lubitz. I'm Jeff DeForest. Uh, glad you guys are with us. Thanks for all the comments there on the comment line. We always appreciate that. And we'll be back to talk uh, NBA basketball, Luby's favorite topic. Is that your number one sport, NBA
1: no, I watch football more than anything now, but I can talk NBA whenever.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you, you love the NBA. I, can talk I mean, about You absolutely it. do. <laughs> I, I'm a huge basketball fan, as I am uh, virtually all sports, so with the possible exception. I did take exception with Jim Sarney making fun of the fact that baseball couldn't be played in the rain, but soccer somehow was, which I don't know that it was played very well by I the uh, right. Miami team. They got shellacked in New York, but uh, it's a whole different thing, man. I mean, you, you, you try holding a bat. And uh, hitting a 100-mile-an-hour fastball while it's pouring rain out. I mean, it's not safe to even put people in that situation. Balls all wet. On the dirt, it's like 100 pounds. Yeah. Playing
1: on dirt. You can't play in dirt in rain. It'll turn to mud. Yeah. Like, what the hell's the point of that? That's stupid. Outfield
0: soaked. It pedals puddles out there. You can't do that. Oh. Soccer, it doesn't matter, right? You, you, what, what are you doing? You're kicking a ball around as <laughs> if you were kicking around a skull in the Byzantine Empire. I told you, the game was invented by a mutant society that had no arms. All mutants. All right. uh, (laughs) I don't mean to make fun of uh, people that have no arms, but, uh, you know, you you just, you get the illustration. All right. uh, Back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. Can't say anything anymore. You can't say anything. It's uh, 819.
2: Hey, folks. Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, (laughs) no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand cut every day everything and i mean everything is made on site including their incredible bread it's the one day folks that you can forget about low carb diets trust me when i tell you texas roadhouse your restaurant your destination when you say where should we go and eat tonight from the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the tiki bar jimmy johnson's big chill has it all located at mile marker 104 the big chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. Hi, guys, if I could squeeze in uh, two. One is just, can you say with certainty that Jimmy Garoppolo will be on the roster on Sunday?
0: Um, I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive Sunday, so I can't guarantee who will be on our roster on Sunday. Um, so that goes for all of us.
1: From South Florida to the entire world, thank you to the iHeartRadio app. Here is Defo, joined by Louie, on the Defo Show.
0: All right, welcome back to the show, the uh, Defo Show here on South Florida Live. Jeff DeForest and Mike Louie Lubitz, and there he is. All right, all right, all right, all right, man. Talk about the uh, man with the entrepreneurial spirit here and now uh, launching new ventures. So on top of the new ventures that he just recently launched that became highly successful, our good friend Ethan Scoop Skolnick joins us here on the show. Five Reason Sports Network. And and what is this new thing that you're doing? National NBA. Holy Rachel Nichols, man. You were branching out, Scoop. Uh, how are you, my friend? What, what's going on? We don't have the sound on uh, Ethan Skolnick. Uh, i got to hit that microphone. He, he should know, if anybody, how to operate this sort of stuff. Uh, let's see. Uh, Louie, uh, we, we need to uh, do need something to. here. Press a button so that to. we can get uh, Ethan's thoughts. He's uh, shaking his head. No, not a senor. This is the debut of his national podcast. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> nothing, huh? All right. Uh, let's, uh, you know, reorganize or try something and see if we can't make it happen. At the very worst, uh, we can get... Uh, Ethan on the phone. Well, what do you think? Is it a problem on his end? Or, uh, our, I mean, there's nothing like for me to, to, to do, do
1: so it's, it is what it is. Um, we'll let him try and okay. turn back on. If he can't, then we'll do phone. It is what it is.
0: Okay. All right. We'll see if we can get that going because uh, it's always great having him on the show. And as I said before, I mean, uh, you know, very impressive, you know, when uh, we start talking baskets uh, with Ethan and he'll go back to like the uh, 1986 Cavaliers team and then name you like six guys that came off the bench for that squad, whereas, uh, you know, we couldn't come up with uh, even a single name. That that was a part of that. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, always very impressed uh, with uh, Ethan Scoop-Skolnik's basketball knowledge. All right, we're going to try and pick him up. Uh, it'll be audio only, and uh, our two ugly faces will have to carry the video portion of the program. As uh, Luby, let me know when uh, we have Scoop on the phone lines. Uh, are, are we ready to go, Mike Luby-Lubitz? Ready to go with Scoop-Skolnik. Here we go. More buttons being pushed.
1: No, no, I got him. Yeah, Ethan.
0: Ethan, how are you, my friend? There you go. Ethan, how are you, my friend?
5: Good. I got the wheel of death here. What happened? Not sure exactly. I'm not used. I don't know. I got the wheel of death before 9 in the morning. I'm trying to unmute. Now I've got the wheel of death on my computer. Did Luby uh, send a virus to me? What the, what the heck happened here?
0: I don't know. Uh, was Sasha playing uh, with the computer? Yeah, she, she would be able to fix it, I would think.
4: <laughs>
5: your daughter. Honestly.
4: They're better the, the way she's way. going,
0: <laughs> man. I mean, uh, she, she uh, uh, yeah, is uh, you know. Know, just looking like she's going to win a gold medal in, in figure skating and then uh, maybe even find a cure for cancer before this thing comes out in 2030 that uh, everybody's talking about yeah uh, how are you ethan everything going well because uh, I uh, tell us about this new venture that you have going because it uh, sounds interesting
5: uh no i i appreciate it i can see myself
0: here on the little video
5: camera um no it, it's going well actually we're going to be doing a podcast or i'm going to be doing a podcast for fan-sided now it's more of a national NBA field to it so you know it's a lot of the same stuff we do with five reasons so we're going to start once a week and they didn't have one, and obviously the NBA podcast space is kind of a little bit crowded. But I, I think we can do something a little bit different. And I'm going to introduce, you know, some of the more younger contributors around the country. Um, you know, I want to give, you know, some voices to people who may not you know, have gone the traditional route. So we're going to, we're going to do something a little bit different. This will be fun. Nothing's changing. at Five Reasons. I'm still hosting Five on the Floor. I'm still running the network. I'm still, you know, doing accounting. I'm still doing management. I'm still doing all these things I'm not trained to do. So none of that yeah. uh, poor work by me will will be discontinued in any way.
0: Very good. I mean, we were saying, and we mean this in the highest of complimentary fashion, so that uh, it's you and Winderman 1 and 1A, one in terms of uh, in-depth and intimate <laughs> knowledge of the Miami Heat and great coverage over the years. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I was, uh, as I was saying earlier in the show, I was reading some uh, NBA preview stuff. Uh, earlier this morning, Mm -hmm. and uh, it seemed like uh, there was uh, a lower regard for the Miami Heat than you would anticipate. Is this not typical? I mean, uh, you know, and I would imagine Pat Riley would feed on that and try to motivate this team, but uh, what's different about this year's team that uh, people might have them, uh, you know, a shade under where they were at a year ago, especially with the Celtics uh, team in disarray in the East?
5: Well, LeBron Tucker left for Philadelphia. I was like, that's, Thank, that's you. Yeah. Gonna, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Be, 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 because there is this trend. I don't know if you've noticed that when players come to Miami, they, they came here because their careers came to die, right? Like Jimmy Butler yeah. came down here to retire. Uh, PJ Tucker made a stupid move, leaving the Bucks for the Heat, right? Like, but but then all of a sudden, when a player leaves Miami. Uh, that player is now elevated to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, status. <laughs> so th- that's essentially that, that, yep. that, that's essentially where we're at. Uh, this literally happened with Josh Richardson a couple of years ago. He was gonna he yes. was gonna tear the world apart. What have played? I know PJ Tucker is a little different because he's an established guy. He fills a specific role. I liked PJ. They liked oh, PJ. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to keep PJ. They weren't gonna pay the tax, uh, you know, and get hard caps for PJ. I understood that the circumstances at the time they feel they can go tilt more offense. Now they felt they were limited offensively in the playoffs with PJ and they have other options and, and they're going to introduce these options, but it's just amusing to me because like nobody gave a damn when PJ came to Miami, but now all of a sudden Miami is broken because PJ Tucker left. I'm sorry. <laughs> is he Jimmy Butler? Like I, 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 don't, I, I don't get it. And so I, look, you know, I have him third in the East. In a regular season, um, I, I think it could be you know a little better or a little worse than that. Okay, but they're a top five team in the East. This idea that they're a playing team now, which some <laughs> suggested because yeah. they lost, they lost PJ Tucker. I mean, guys, they weren't healthy last year and yes. they were the one seed. Like I, so, so what? I mean, I, I mean, the, their top four guys. If you're going to include you know Lowry and Hero is three and four, they hardly played together. Um, now the playoffs. Even with Lowry and Hero being awful, okay, and injured, they were within a three-point shot of the finals. Uh, so uh, to me, like, I'm I'm not understanding why this is except that, you know, everybody was wrong about the Heat last year, okay, in national media. So they want it. They so they're doubling down on it, mm-hmm. and and so that I think that's where they're at. <laughs> I don't see them being worse. I really don't. I, I think they've given Eric Spoelstra some clay to mold, and when they do that. He typically finds something. And if you look at what they came up with, I like the starting lineup. I think, I look, are they going to get out read out at a time? Sure, okay? But I like the cutting that that Caleb Martin offers, more athleticism. Uh, They're going to get out and run a little bit more than they typically did. Tyler Hero is a better catch-and-shoot player than he is an isolation player, and that fits what they're going to be doing with him in the starting lineup. Um, Jimmy's healthy and in, in good spirits from everything I hear. Bam has clearly, clearly taken on a mindset change in the offseason. Yep. We'll see if it sticks. And, and, and they've got Oladipo back, and I, I don't think he looked real good in the preseason games, but you know, at least he's integrated now. So I, I, I don't—I'm I, sorry. I'm missing where the doom and gloom is with this team. I think they're a very good team.
1: Well, my thing is, why do they have to go make a <laughs> move? Like, the only move they had to make was replace Tucker— And Jay Crowder really feels like it's a possibility. And if you go and get, if you can get Jay Crowder, there you go. So, and the thing is we, the big question mark going into last year wasn't getting new players. It was, can Bam and Hero grow? Well, they did. And it feels like they can do it again because Heroes still hasn't started a game. (laughs) Like, so why can't Hero take another step? And why can't Bam who openly admitted, look, I need to be more aggressive. He, he pulled up. Kevin Durant, was in uh, uh, rec games all off-season, was doing tournaments, he's shooting threes, like he's doing interviews now, he's doing podcasts. Like the dude has shown he's taking another step. Just that alone makes him a better team. Plus, Oladipo didn't play the entire year and was a key cog defensively in the playoffs. He had his first healthy off-season yep. in a Heat uniform. Why can't he automatically make them better? Like, to me, within, they have more growth than a lot of teams have, and I guess it's hard for national media to consider that.
5: It's funny that you threw it. He's doing podcasts is one of the reasons for his improvement. I just think he's grown me- oh, ment-
1: <laughs> mentally. Like, he's he been wanting to take a leadership role, which has never been his thing.
5: Is he on I, five I, reasons? I I, I will I'll trust you. UD's getting that. UD's getting served with papers to join Five Reasons as soon as he retires. Very nice. I, but, but 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 look, I'll, I'll say this, okay, that I, I I think that they are really well positioned in terms of this build. We did a podcast on this the other night, uh, Greg Slevin and I, on Five on the Floor about how they have builds. Okay, um, their builds are not fifteen to twenty year builds like the Sacramento Kings or the New York Knicks. Okay, <laughs> their builds are like three four year builds. Okay. And and you look at their builds in the late 90s. It was you know you got Zoe, they got Timmy, they got Mashburn. They took it as far as they could. Pat tried to change it. Zoe got sick, right? They had the they had the, the the build into the Shaq years, okay. Then they had the build into the Big Three years. Then they had the build that was supposed to be you know sort of with Bosch as a centerpiece after LeBron left, and he, you know Bosch got sick, okay. Bosch and Dragic and Dwayne were supposed to be the centerpiece. Well, this is the Jimmy Butler build. But the thing about this build is that they've kind of protected themselves on the back end of it because now they've locked up Bam and Tyler. So as Jimmy sort of you know maybe recedes a little bit over the next couple of years, the projection is that Bam and Tyler are going to continue to improve and can kind of be the faces of this thing. And I really don't see a reason why they can't be. Like, I'm not saying it's championship-worthy necessarily, but when I look at it, I'm like, okay, um, Tyler's gotten better every year, and he has gotten better every year, by the way. Okay, this idea that he was better in the bubble is ridiculous, okay? <laughs> he has gotten better every year. And Bam has gotten better every year. now. But now now it's about sort of refining that stuff and figuring out exactly what it is they need to improve on. And when I've talked to both of them, you know, Tyler's talked about being a better isolation player, not needing a screen, being more active defensively, okay? He knows what he has to improve. I think he can get there, okay? Maybe not as a great defender, but I think on the offensive end. And Bam, it's clear, like, there, there's no... It's Not a question about Bam's skill set, like nobody is saying Bam can't do this, or but everybody's saying Bam won't do this, yeah. okay? So, if Bam is going to decide that he's going to do it on a more consistent basis, not every night, okay? But we've seen it, he's had nights where he's taken over, yep. and it doesn't have to be shooting three, okay? It, it, it can be taking guys off the dribble, it could be the mid range, it could be getting to the line. He could be a top fifteen player in this league. I don't think there's any question about it. He's not that far away from it right now. So I think they're fine. They have good role players. Um I like Struuss a lot. I like Vincent a lot. Both of those guys were question marks before last season. Caleb Martin was a two-way. Yeah. Now he's yeah. a starter, okay? Yeah. So so and, and the kid Jamal Kane, who we interviewed the other day for five on the floor. He's gonna play. Okay, they they like him a lot and Jovic, Jovic. I, mean, you, threw, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean I mean threw him in the starting I mean, threw him in with the starters the other night. You don't think he's gonna get minutes? Yeah. So they've got a lot of different options and I, I really think I really think people are honestly I think I think they have a rough start. This is gonna really test them. Their first eight games are against good teams, okay? Yeah, yeah. They may come out of this three and five or four and four and people are gonna panic. I think they're gonna be fine.
0: The great Ethan Scoop Skolnick, Five Reasons uh, Sports Network, uh, and now going to have a national podcast on the Miami Heat uh, with uh, fans cited, so uh, very excited about that. Uh, Let's uh, expand a conversation to some other teams. Uh, Part of my uh, perusing of uh, NBA previews, uh, there are people that are, and and maybe for good reason, are very high on the Cleveland Cavaliers after they acquired Donovan Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have an emerging star who, uh, you know, people are saying, well, he should even be better this year with Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, uh, paired up in tandem. So uh, I, 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 who, who do you see on the horizon as a team that might be on the come? I, I guess you would have to incorporate the Cavaliers into that picture after that dynamic trade that they made.
5: Yeah, I think so. Look, I, I think that the league is kind of as balanced at the top as it's been since I've been covering it. Uh, mm. they're, even in talking to Heat officials when I was down in the Bahamas, they, they believe there are eight to ten teams that can win a title this year. Uh, that was not always the case. I mean, we were going into season saying there were two or three teams that could win a title. I think there are 22 teams or so that think they're a playoff team. Uh, and what's going to be fascinating this season is when some of those teams that don't look like they can win a title decide we're going to tank for the 7-5 guy.
1: Oh, my God. And uh, so uh, and and
5: so, uh, and, and so I, I think that that's an interesting – so, like, for instance, when we talk about, like, Jake Crowder, Okay. Then I'll get I'll get to i actual question in a second, but when we get to Jay Crowder, okay? Like, I don't think there's going to be many trades made in the first month or two. Mm-hmm. I, I think teams are going to assess what's going on, mm-hmm. and then in December and January, then teams are going to be like, "All right, we need to get bad bad yeah. okay? Yeah. And, and <laughs> I think that I I, I and I, and, I, and I think that's what the Heat are kind of waiting on is that there are going to be good players from bad teams that are dumped nice. just to kind of. Uh, have a shot at this kid, um, and, 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 and generally kind of go that direction. So I definitely think that that's an option here. As far as teams, are, no, look, Cleveland is going to be good. I, I think they're going to be good for a long time. I don't know if they're going to be ready to take a huge step this year. I, I, the East is, is interesting. I mean, you know, we talk about the problems in Boston, but they still have Tatum and Brown, and they added Bob, Brogdon, okay? So I, I, I think they're going to be good. Yeah. Uh, Milwaukee, I picked them to come out of the East, but the Middleton injury is troubling. I mean, he's going to be out for a while. I I like what they did this off season. I think Giannis is the best player in the world. Uh, Although I think Don, I think Luke is going to win MVP, but I I think, I think Giannis is the best player in the world. And and so to me, you know, they're formidable Brooklyn. I don't know, man, like, you know, I I discounted them all last season, but Kyrie's going to play this year. It appears. I mean, it feels like he feels like it. And, and they're, and they added to their rotation. Like that, they actually have some defensive players now. So, I, you know, I'm not going to count out KD. And look, Philadelphia will absolutely collapse in the playoffs. Harden will fail. <laughs> we know that. Okay. Thank, okay. You. Okay. Thank okay. You. Okay. 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 But but they may be the one seed in the regular season. Yeah. I, I mean, they have enough talent to to do that. So you're looking at all those teams. Okay. Then you've got Cleveland, right? Then I, I really like Toronto's roster. Actually, mm-hmm. people are sleeping on them. I, Atlanta, I, mm-hmm. probably being overrated right now. Okay. But but they'll be competitive. So. Mm-hmm. You know, and look, the Bulls are here opening night. I mean, talent. they're probably the ninth-best team in the East. They were leading the East at one point last year. They yeah. still have DeRozan and Levine and Busevich. Like, they're not bad, okay? So, I, I, I just think that you're looking at, like, 10-11 teams in the East that are pretty good. I think Cleveland probably fits into that kind of five-through-seven category. Yeah. I think the Heat will finish ahead of them. Uh, I, I do. I just I just think, I think Miami has more options to go to. And I also think people are – look. Manny's gonna rest some guys, okay. Butler and Hal Lowry are probably both not gonna play more than sixty-five games. Get used to Gabe Benson starting some games. I think that's gonna happen a lot. They're gonna sort of assess him for the future too. Jimmy's gonna to get some nights off, and Max will start for him. But like, I, I, I just think I think people are underrating how good this coach is yeah. when you give him pieces to work with. I, I just, I, I, and they're doing it every single year, and I'm just like, I don't, I just at this point, I just don't, I just don't understand it. And look. The West, I mean, Golden State's loaded. Yep. The Clippers, if they're healthy, are loaded. Yep. Phoenix won like seventy games last year. They're not going to be awful, okay? Uh, Dallas has Dodges. The Lakers will be awful. That that I can that I can attest to. They're playing <laughs> the best, but like, you, but <laughs> and, look, and and, and the Nuggets, Denver- yeah, the Grizzlies, yeah. <laughs> yeah D- 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 Denver-, D- Denver is healthy. So so, yeah. I mean, there are. I mean, look, look. I, like I said, this is the most
1: competitive. There's no A team this
5: year. No. There are a lot of B-plus and A-minus teams. It's going to be very interesting.
1: Well, okay, uh, in that, and you went to the West, uh, which is where I wanted to go, because to me, the faith, it's hard for me to not put the Warriors a notch above, and I get the Jordan Poole, Draymond. I don't think that matters. I think Draymond's leadership role in that, group is sort of fallen back a little bit like Steph has seemed to really take on that role but the fact that you're going to add Kaminga into the rotation a lot more this year the fact that Wiseman's healthy and that guy has all the physical ability to be a beast and he could be their sixth best player I, to me the Warriors are almost I don't want to say getting forgotten in a sense but the fact that the Celtics are on the same level as the Warriors to me is weird the team you brought up the Nuggets and people want to make the Clippers that next team the Nuggets healthier scary as hell to me Like even the Grizzlies are really good but if you have Murray, you have uh, Jokic, and then uh, the, the swing man that's always hurt but is, got that extension, uh, Michael, whatever, I forget his last name, like, and then Gordon. Yeah, like, yeah. They yeah. have a lot of talent. <laughs> like, and they play defense, and, they, and Jokic is not flashy, so he's going to keep them fundamentally sound. They're sort of forgotten because of the injuries, but if everyone's healthy, that team's scary to me. And they're like the team I think that can go take out a Grizzlies and really compete with the Warriors.
5: Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, you mentioned the Grizzlies. I forgot about that. Yeah, I know. I, I, I that I I yeah. for you. <laughs> I, 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 actually picked them to pick first, finish first in the regular season. Yeah, the um, a... uh, Look, I I, 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 think Denver is is really good. Uh, no question. I, I, I want to see how all the pieces fit yeah. together now, though. They, they played a little different way with with uh, with Porter and Murray out last season. I, they clearly make them better. Um, but I, I, I just think. You know, I, I need I need to see it, but that's the deepest roster they've had in in the uh, in the Jokic era there. Uh, so I they're good, but I honestly think I think Memphis. I don't think Memphis wins the West in the playoffs, but I think they get the one seed, and the reason is they just have tremendous depth. Man. And I so I, I feel like they're built a little like the Heat in that way. Um, and and I just I think, but my thing is, at one of these times, Jaw's gonna fall and not get up. And I I just you know if. He has to learn to play differently. I Dwayne had to learn this. Okay, It probably cost Dwayne years on his career because, yep. you know, I fall down seven times, I get up eight, right? like yeah, the, yeah. But he, he has to play a little bit more disciplined. He can't try to dunk over everybody. Uh, but I but they're, they're, their roster is really good. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, look, I, there's going to be some teams that win, like, 20 games, okay? <laughs> the Spurs are, and Jazz may be historically off, okay, uh, on purpose. Uh, you know, I think Houston will be a little better than they were. Detroit will be a little better than they were. Orlando will be a little better than they were. But again, all of these teams, the goal is a 7'5 guy. So I think what you're going to see is a lot of of teams winning 55 games and a lot of teams winning 21 games. I I don't think we're going to see a lot of 35.
0: All right. A lot of ground to cover and, uh, we appreciate your time. Uh, I know you're very busy with all of these different projects. And as you said, now in management, there with five reasons sports network. In addition to being uh, you know, a top flight talent there uh, and all your various performances. So uh, with the heat season cranking up. So, uh, if you don't mind, uh, scoop, uh, just a couple of quick takes uh, on a variety of things that, mm-hmm. you know, we, we want to, you know, kind of, uh, get get a little more rounded here in the conversation. Although I want to come back to the heat for the first one over under, uh, Ten minutes of uh, regular season playing time for UD this year. Over <laughs> under ten. Let's make ten it ten and a hook. Will he play total. ten and a hook in ten the whole regular total season? Total in
5: eighty two games. Uh, eighty two games. He's gonna get forty eight minutes. He's gonna get forty eight minutes, but they're all gonna come in the last game they're, they're, they'll have their seating settled.
0: <laughs> oh, that could be a killer. Yeah.
5: Expos just, just gonna run him out there, uh, and then he'll go straight into ownership. But yeah, I, I, I forty eight minutes, but all in the final.
0: All right, so the underplayers are uh, you know, uh, uh, sweating right now after that. Uh, Ime Udoka, does he ever coach again? Does he ever become a head coach in the NBA again, uh, the Boston Celtics coach that left in disgrace? And did we ever find out who this woman was? Was it the owner's wife that he was having an affair with?
5: I, I don't know if we ever found out. I do think he coaches again, but I think it'll be the way that guys coach again, which is that he'll go be a lead assistant somewhere, and then the coach will get fired and he'll be elevated. I, that, that's, that's typically when when coaches have these kind of issues or are disgraced in some way. Somebody, look, I mean, look at Brian Flores in, in Pittsburgh, right? Okay, yeah. I'm not saying he's, the, he's he's the heir apparent to to, to, uh, to to Tomlin, but I could see a scenario. Let's say that Mike Tomlin steps away from the game for some reason or whatever. That oh, we have this guy who was the head coach of the staff, and he gets. Uh, that, and I'm not saying Flores was uh, disgraced in any way, but I'm just saying that there are guys. That's typically how this stuff happens when, when coaches have some kind of problem. They end up somewhere else and they get elevated as an interim coach and then eventually get the job. I, so, yes, I do think he'll coach again. And I think he's a very good coach, so I, this is all kind of unfortunate.
0: Does Anthony Davis play 50 games this year for the Lakers?
5: Wow. Are we counting the playoffs or not? <laughs> uh,
0: no, regular uh, season. Uh, this is all regular season. I don't know that they I, make the playoffs. I,
5: I, I, but... I will su- I, I, yeah, I think I don't think they do. I think they're a playing team. I will say fifty-three. Oh, nice. Over, right, right,
1: right about Slight.
0: Okay, so uh, you know that, that's a pretty good season. Uh, pretty hefty loan for him. Uh, Zion Williams. <laughs> what happens <laughs> with Zion? What load. direction does he <laughs> like going? Half
1: the season. <laughs> uh,
5: I actually think I, I actually think Zion goes the positive direction now. No, I, 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 I the fact that he did that work on his body this offseason and kind of did it quietly. Yeah. Um, I I, and that's the other thing we haven't talked about that team Pelicans (laughs) and Wolves, Pelicans, Pelicans, yes, could Uh, be good. uh, Yeah, both (laughs) of them. Uh, So, so yeah, I I actually I think Zion's got it. Unfortunately to Zion, I think I think he is getting some of this stuff under control. Nobody says they don't like Zion. That's not the problem. I think, but the thing is, I I think he's always going to have injury issues. Mm -hmm. I, I just I think he's one of those guys. So so I but but I think I think he will turn the right direction this year.
0: Yeah, nobody seems to, you know, and he was such a, you know, a lovable character when he was, uh, I mean, I even started, mm-hmm. I wasn't rooting for Duke to win any games, but I, I was looking Watch for him it. to have great performances. <laughs> and, and then you're thinking, wow, I, you know, let's see if this guy can do it at his height in the NBA, you, you know, in the low post there. And, and he was so quick and so dynamic, but. Unfortunately, he didn't seem to be all in uh, in terms of the uh, Jimmy Butler-like no. commitment. Yep, yep. He's going to be uh, in better well, shape was, than he, anybody. He was, he was
5: all in on cheeseburgers. He was all <laughs> in on cheeseburgers. <laughs> like Andy Reid. <laughs> New
0: Orleans, I mean, you've been there, Scoop, many times, I'm sure. I mean, uh, that, that could uh, no, be a killer. No, I know. It's not, even the, cheese, it it's not even
5: the cheeseburgers. It's not easy there. No, it's the shrimp and all the rest of it. Yes, yeah. 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 and the grits. Anything the and Anything with
0: A2 flake. Vignettes. Yeah, it's yeah. the No, No doubt. Which – which net will snap first? Will it be Durant, Kyrie, <laughs> Ben Simmons, or Steve Nash? Oh,
1: geez, that's good. That's good. Huh? Oh wow, <laughs> that's great. I like. That. Oh, that who will is snap exactly first and have a different.
0: like a scandalous or you know uh, uh, an, an incident? Oh,
5: uh, I, well, well, I, you can't count Kyrie because he snapped a long time. Before.
0: Yeah, I, so that's, <laughs> that's, he never came back. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm gonna
5: go with I'm gonna go with Ben. Same I, same. I I I'm okay. gonna go with Ben. I I I don't I don't think he holds it together. I don't. No. He, right. it'll be sounds
0: ben. good. Uh, uh, the most uh, impressive rookie this year will be who in the eyes of Scoop Scolding?
5: Well, actually, I think that I think Sacramento finally found one. I think Keegan Murray is going to be really good. Um, now they'll they'll screw it up. Uh, they, they won't build around him properly. Uh, they'll do what they did with Tyree Talibert and dump it for like you know, a guy who's a good player, but not going to carry them anywhere. Uh, but I actually think Keegan Murray is, is has will be the best rookie this year. But like I said, I'm not saying he's gonna be the best rookie, but the kid in Miami is gonna be impactful on a playoff team, which is it's gonna be interesting to watch.
0: How many games into the season before the first traveling call is assessed to Giannis? <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> 81. 81. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: all
0: season. He'll never get to travel. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, it's like pass interference. If that wasn't pass interference, what, what was it? You know? it? <laughs> the, I mean, I'm a big advocate of uh, calling traveling when it happens. And, uh, you know, we know it's liberal in the NBA, but uh, these are extremes. I mean, these are almost yes. MAGA like yes. extremes uh, that uh, we're looking at there in terms of the lack of uh, accountability. On January 6th. On January 6th. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, honor of, uh... <laughs> in honor of the anniversary of the insurrection yeah oh, yeah God. uh Earth ethan always you. a pleasure man uh, we man. look forward to uh, all of your stuff and, and a new venture uh, again fan cited uh, you get the you know a uh, national uh, landscape here now and and of course uh, always great with five on the floor and everything with five reasons sports network we appreciate being a part of it and uh you know what's always great about your appearances here on the show when we run our, our uh, segment on five reasons is that you're a guest on your own network <laughs> which I, I don't think there's any that'd better be, position be right. uh, you know than, than to be in, in that situation
5: and my wheel is still spinning on that little TV
0: thing you're supposed to do today, so
5: uh, <laughs> I'm not—I'm not sure what Luby did to me. So there you go.
0: The wheel of so. death. Yeah, he had yes. me doing thanks, that guys. earlier this morning. I—I I, I think Scoop. it's Luby's internet. Uh, he's got to move out of that crib that he's in. Uh, Thank you, uh, Ethan. Always a Thank pleasure, you. my friend. Thanks so much for uh, spending time with us. Uh, brilliant as always. So uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you guys. All
1: right.
0: All right thanks a lot, Ethan Scoop Skolnick, man. So you could throw anything at Scoop, and he will have. I know have, that's why uh, I enjoy having up. him
1: on. He he could duck yeah, dolphins, no, honestly. Great. Like he's actually really good with the dolphins. We just there's too much going on with basketball to so jump over to the dolphins. I, I'm thinking
0: he's. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, they they cover all of the uh, local sports here on that uh, Five Reason Sports Network, and they have like a zillion guys uh, working there making yep. contributions, which is cool. Uh, you know, and, and you don't get that anymore. I mean, you know me. I mean, this is an age-old argument with me. I mean, I'm looking at like 25 pages in this New York Post sports section today where they've covered virtually everything. In fact, uh, here was a, it was a guy named uh, Braziler. Uh, is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. The uh, reporter that they have on basketball in the Post. No idea. Uh, and, and he says, uh, okay, so th- th- they did a bunch of like, it's called a shoot-around. They have a nice uh, little, uh, you know, uh, perspective page here on uh, different things. Of course, they covered all of their uh, local teams, so all three teams. We didn't mention the New York Knicks in that conversation. Did you notice that? Yeah, there's no room for that. By the way, are they inconsequential? All right, so uh, the question was, and they had three guys, including our good friend Mike Vaccaro, uh, weighing in on these things. Uh, which team will be the wor- will be worse than expected? Which team will be worse than expected? And uh, Brazzler uh, names the Miami Heat. And uh, the rationale is uh, fail to make any significant additions, whiffing on swinging a trade for Durant in the uh, offseason in particular, while other contenders in the Eastern Conference improved, they won't be a part of the upper echelon of the conference. Who How about that?
1: I just don't know who improved. I mean, the Celtics one got brogged in, but they don't have a coach. Like I, it, it shows to me they don't follow the heat at all. Like, they were in the conference finals, and they stopped watching basketball because in New York they hate the heat. Like, that's literally – I look – you never know what's going to happen because the Heat are counting on Butler and Lowry, two guys yeah. that are older. So look, if those guys get hurt, it changes things. But I, I mean, the, the, I don't see these teams improving like they like the Bucks are missing their second best player, and he had a bad injury. And so whenever he does come back, it's going to take time. Like, I, I and the Nets, it's all about wishing and hoping on guys that are head cases. Same thing with yeah. the Sixers. I the Heat, every guy's in. Even Lowry, who said that stupid thing about, oh, I don't listen to Riley, that's a load of garbage. He knew exactly what Riley said, and he's gotten svelte compared to what he was last year. Like, Spoelstra still doesn't get it. It's funny. I lambasted him early on because I hated his rotations with the big three. But since then, the dude's the best coach in the NBA, and it's not even close. Like, it's, it, the fact that he does more with less is impressive. Now he has talent. Like, it, it's just funny the way that the national media hones in on hating the Heat.
0: Well, you know me, I'm not always a big believer in the idea of uh, heat culture. Yeah. And I think of culture as like Louis Pasteur looking at my refrigerator when I was a bachelor and saying uh, even I wouldn't touch that or put it uh, in any kind of, uh, you know, a a, a Petri dish there to try to figure out what the hell it is and whether or not it can cure something. Uh, But, I mean, uh, very, very uh, interesting. Uh, You know, I I think you alluded to something that, uh, you know, people often overlook in analyzing sports. And it probably doesn't happen as much on the pro level, but uh, you do see this sort of thing evolve, and Scoop uh, touched on it. And that is the ability of a team to improve from within. Yeah. The, 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 own, all, you know, the teams that make these dynamic trades, that, that has a lot of flash to it. But uh, then, you know, you, you'll see the usual, uh, you know, parentheticals and precautionary uh, statements about, well, it's going to take them a while to gel together. Right. Which, you know, I mean, uh, you know, that, that certainly is logical. But uh, the Heat not only have already gelled together with the group that they have, but they do have the ability to improve from within. And they've shown that over the years. So I think that's what's overlooked by a lot of analysts. They, they, they don't see anything, um, and so they tend to discount uh, maybe one of the few teams that you can actually say, wow. I mean, you really do have to buy into the whole idea that there is some kind of culture that the uh, Heat share with, with each other and as an organization, that somehow, even when it doesn't look like they've uh, got all kinds of cash and flash going for them in an off season, that they still have to be considered uh, as one of the uh, real contenders, because they just, they know how to go about their business, and they do a great job of that, so uh, we shall see. Anyway, it all gets uh, started tonight, uh, two games on the slate, uh, Mike Luby-Lubitz. Uh, you have the Warriors-Lakers game. And the 76ers, are they going against the Celtics tonight? I think that's yeah, the other game yeah, on the yeah. uh, NBA slate. Yep, yep, yep. So we'll see what the uh, Celtics are able to do, uh, you know, after all of that turmoil in the offseason. And, and, of course, the 76ers, uh, a very interesting commodity. Uh, Scoop kind of made, uh, you know, a reference to, uh, and in a disparaging way, uh, James Harden's disappearing act uh, in, you know, his whole D.D. Cooper thing in the postseason. Uh, They came close. I mean, uh, you know, Embiid, can he kind of use his spirit to to lift these other guys up? I don't know. And then the other dynamic that uh, is going to be very interesting, because think about it. Ben Simmons uh, at one time was considered one of the great defensive players at his position uh, in the NBA. And we know he can distribute the basketball. So if Kyrie is actually, you know, playing ball, who cares what craziness he's up to uh, in the rest of his life? If he's out there playing, man, I mean, nobody finishes at the basket better than Kyrie Irving and capable of going off any any night. And uh, even uh, while the team was uh, in turmoil and disarray last year, Kevin Durant still had a great season. So, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, that'll be a very, very interesting team to watch as well. And uh, Julian says the Knicks are a sleeper. They got the Brunson. I don't know if that's enough to put them over the top. I, I'm not buying it like you. That, that, that was significant enough to make all the difference. But they were a very good team just a couple of years ago. And, everyone the one was hurt and, story.
1: and banged up, and then they got in the playoffs and lost in five games to the Hawks. Like, I mean, yeah. it's not that's the thing, it's not a hating thing. It's just the East has gotten a lot better. <laughs> like, it just has. Like, I mean, it, the Knicks made smart moves, and they didn't go on in Mitchell. And I give them credit for that because Mitchell would have made them a seventh or eighth seed, and they would have given up every draft pick for the next 10 years. Like, you might as well not do that and be a ninth or a tenth seed and keep some room financially for, for growth and. With the guys you have. I don't think the Knicks are going to be horrible. I just think the East has a lot of young talent. And there's not really room for them to make waves. It's just... that It is what it is.
0: I'm kind of hoping Zion uh, does well this year. Uh, As, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of guys that, uh, you know, don't, you know, put put themselves all in. I mean, you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars. uh, Like a few hundred thousand dollars a game to play basketball. Uh, I mean, just give it what you have, right? Like we do every day here on the air. Even though uh, the money is... uh, quite insignificant in proportion to what an NBA player is making, but uh, nonetheless, I mean, you should at, at that point, you're a professional athlete just like we talk about the guys that don't run the first base. You bat four times in a game and you can't run out of grounder? Come on, Ruby. I mean, uh, you usually have zero respect for that type of player, but uh, I'd like to see Zion Williamson succeed. Cause uh, he, he was a very entertaining player to watch. Cause you always like the undersized guy that can go in there with the Redwoods and, and battle with the big men. Yep. And uh, very interesting too, cause it's going to be tank city. Adam silver. We'll see how he addresses that as uh you know, I mean, he may have to go Bowie Kuhn and uh, negate a <laughs> for <of the> trades. I
4: don't
0: know. You can't, you're trading Joe Rudy and catfish hunter for what? For a backup catcher from, uh, you know, <laughs> Syracuse, get out of here. Um, uh, yeah, because uh, everybody's going to be tanking for this. Uh, what's the guy's name? Zemba, Zemba Waya or something? What, whatever can. it is. Did you pronounce it?
1: I heard it enough, and I did watch a couple of his games that when I find it, What'd you I can, think? I'm, oh, Shoots no. threes, he's 7'5".
0: I mean, he's not awkward. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that uh, and the tank job, uh, which is a disgrace anyway, because uh, that Victor is something that's easily fixed.
1: Victor Webermania, I have not seen a uh, a prospect like him since LeBron. I mean, like he, he's a different player. He to me is the combination of Durant and Giannis. Like he shoots the ball at his size, like as though he's a guard slash forward, off yeah. forward. But he ball handles and has the athleticism of uh, Giannis. a Giannis. It's very interesting. Plus, he does play defense. Like for his height,
4: yeah. he plays
1: defense. And unlike a Chet Holmgren, he has size. <laughs> like for a guy who's eighteen yeah. and seven five. He has some muscle on the dude. So it's like, oh my God, he's scared. The only thing for him will be like a Zion kind of a thing is, is he surrounded by people that make him better or does he get into, you know, all the glitz and glamour and not take his game? Because that was the thing with Giannis. Giannis was a middle first round pick. People didn't really know him. So he had this chip and he was... I don't know if this kid's going to be that. Like, they're drooling. Like, this kid is... I haven't seen a kid like him since... Like, just his abilities are freaking amazing. Like, I even the professor and I were like, yeah, I don't even know. Like, I don't...
0: I yeah, we'll see. Is Chet Holmgren going to be the modern-day Greg Odom? Uh, feels anything? like it. He already... Yeah. They were
1: worried about him getting hurt, and he already is hurt for the year. And oh, he looks super frail.
0: All right, we're going to come back and wrap things up. Uh, we'll have time to say goodbye here in just a second. Uh, I want to get in a few important messages. Tomorrow we go old school with Tony Segretto. Sure. That's brought to you by Texas Roadhouse Restaurants and Catholic Health Services. Thursday we have the Hylia Park Trivia Challenge. And uh, I'm hoping for uh, just, uh, and I, it was sensational last week, the professor with a strong comeback after the censorship uh, issue on his Nazi material, <laughs> which is bunch in a couple of weeks prior. I mean, he really used that. I mean, you talk about chip on your shoulder. That was great. It came in uh, with an attitude there and uh, turned the tables on us, uh, that's for sure. And uh, the uh, people that uh, helped uh, assist in that decision to uh, scrub the uh, overwhelming half hour of Nazi talk. At, uh... <laughs> what are we, Alex Jones I mean, here? What the hell are we doing? All right, we're coming back in just a moment. Thanks for sticking with us, people. Now that. The time. But it'll be a Degenerate Friday on Friday. Mike Mayo's a part of that, too. It's 8.58. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play, when you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, highly apart. Hey folks,
2: Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best, unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health
1: Services. they're amazing soups again landlubbers raw bar and grill it's nice and easy just go to landlubbers bar and for both your pickup and free delivery thank goodness for landlubbers for making you always feel
0: right at home you can't fake caring women can sense this immediately you don't really care you didn't really want to do any of this
1: we now return to the default show
0: whatever jackpot there could be to get in with women i've certainly experienced it and uh You've experienced some of that too, uh, Mr. Uh, birthday Boy, of just a couple of days ago. Uh, how, how did you enjoy the uh, Bamboo Beach? Return was to the Bamboo Beach Bar?
1: I really hope we bring that relationship back because it yeah. is always such a great... It's so funny, like, I hate that I Goodbye. do this, but I forget that it's there, and that's my fault. Yeah. Every time I'm there, it's like, you feel like you're not in South Florida. You feel like you're on vacation, and you can just forget about all the nonsense and just enjoy yourself. It's such a great time.
0: Yeah, and, and people are always asking on the uh, Mike Mayo Sun Sentinel Let's Eat South Florida page, 90,000 strong, where we air the lunchbox as well, yep. uh, which will be coming up at 12 o'clock here on South Florida Live. Uh, hey, where can I go and get something great to eat and uh, be right on the beach? I don't think you can get any closer no, to there's that. No better. And combine it with great food. I mean, uh, highly, I don't know that it's underrated because people uh, know to expect something good there, but uh, you got the feeling and the sense of why Frank uh, Tallarico is such a successful restaurateur. Because, uh, A, he's willing to take chances. Uh, B, he believes in what he's doing. And, and C, he delivers. Yep. Uh, with a high-quality product, and uh, and he believes in quality. And the other thing that's very interesting there, same people have been working there. Like, yep. uh, I, I didn't realize it was 18 years ago we started going there. That's crazy. Doing shows like 2004. Wow. Because uh, Frank's had the play since 2004. And, and, and a lot of the same people still work there. Yep. You know Whether you're talking about the uh, bartenders uh, outside or the servers at the Bamboo Beach or the Casa Calabria. So uh, that was a lot of fun yesterday. You can check that out. That's uh, also in our archives there and running 24 hours on South Florida Live. Mike Mayo's lunchbox yesterday from the Bamboo Beach Tiki Bar and Cafe celebrating Luby's birthday. All right. Uh, we'll see you at 12 o'clock today yes, with Mike Mayo and the lunchbox. Uh, tomorrow we go all school with Tony Segreno. Yes, sir. And uh, after uh, mailing this check, he's going to be on me again uh, I have it right here, Louie. i to put so it in the not, mail. I did it last
1: week? I, I believed you had already sent No, I, I, I sent
0: it out, but uh, you sent me the, oh, wrong, the wrong address, address for it. Tony Segretto. Okay, okay. Well, then
1: that's, so, unfortunately,
0: uh, it, it, it came back to me, and then I realized what happened was, uh, you know, when, when my phone got stolen, uh, my, my text messaging, uh, you know, archives there uh, only goes back uh, to when, when I turned this phone on. And uh, Tony's address wasn't in there, or it goes back like twelve years, which was the last time I used this phone because I'm using like a flip phone now. So, uh, you know, so so all of that, like my memory, uh, is erased, yeah. and and you can't necessarily put it together. I, it took me a while to come up with Doug Moe today. I mean, I was trying to think, uh, hey, famous uh, Denver Nuggets, uh, Daryl Imhoff was he also a famous Denver Nugget? Daryl Imhoff, do you remember the great Daryl Imhoff? Name at all. That might have been <laughs> ABA days of the Denver I don't even know Nuggets. That name at all. Woo. Let's go way back into the distant past. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys at 12 o'clock. We're going to make some progress here with Mike Mayo, who uh, was very lively yesterday. Yeah, and uh, thanks to Jim Sarny. Now, Sonny is really Sarny's a man of a human being, man. Comes out there and uh, brings a cake, schleps all over town. Well, Mayo brought Fantastic. the cake. Sarney did oh, come Mayo brought the and cake. brought
1: me a card, which was very sweet. And I appreciate it.
0: Yes, yes. And uh, I like the fact that he's very much like me in that regard, that uh, I, I signed a card, and I was thinking, why does it say sorry for your loss? <laughs> so he must have got it on the way over there, like at the gift shop or something. And, and they were out of birthday cards. Nice job, Jim. No, no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> That always happens to me, right, on Valentine's Day? Oh,
1: you can't do it on Valentine's Day. (laughs)
0: Valentine's Day, I'm going to, like, uh, CVS uh, at the very end of the afternoon there because I'm ashamed to come home without any flowers. So I pick up the uh, flowers at a gas station. Although uh, CVS sometimes has flowers, but they're always out by the time I get there. They have that one, uh, you know, bouquet of roses, a dozen roses, and they're all like. (laughs) <laughs> looks like something you would hand a kid on Halloween, you know, to walk around if he was uh, yeah, going to be like some de- kind of a, a dead devilish character. <laughs> yeah. And then all the cards have been annihilated. It, it kind of looks like the shelf, you know, around uh, of water around the yeah, time a of approaching hurricane. <laughs> yeah. And so and only down there in the bottom, it, it says, uh, sorry for your loss, right? They, they have the <laughs> sympathy cards. And, and, you know, you have to go there and cross out that. And then write, happy Valentine's Day, I love you, and see if you can get by with that. And, well, maybe that's why we have problems uh, with women. See, you're, you're good about this stuff. Oh, you?
1: yeah, well, because Shirley trained me. Shirley, in our yeah. early days, was a lunatic, so I'm like... Does does honest. that
0: mean that you mean it, though, if you've been svengali into doing it? She doesn't
1: care. Stuff. That's Because uh, oh, okay. that's the other thing, is you would think, I, I would say, I'm like, yeah, but... It's not because of me. It's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That's all that matters. Yeah. Just do what do you're supposed to be. I'm, I'm like, glad okay. you just
0: uh, <laughs> fall in a line like that. I just don't I, like I, fighting.
1: I, I get too tired of fighting. Like, women are really good at just... Oh, like, I, I don't want to fight I hate the fighting. Anymore. Just, I really just, don't.
0: I, I'm even being polite to this collection agency that's hassling me for uh, money that we already, already paid, paid like a year ago with a canceled check Mayo brought me. I mean, uh, come on. Uh, get off my back! Uh, all right, uh, I, I wrote them yesterday. I said, "Here's the stuff," and I look forward to your written uh, confirmation that we bear no responsibility yeah, in this good case.
4: Luck.
0: Good luck. <laughs> no, Delaney was very nice as uh, collection agencies go. Uh, I didn't even mind talking to her, especially since I know that we aren't. Made...
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you could see what happened here, though, right? I was starting to talk about this in the beginning of the show, and then uh, we kind of got they lost there, but. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, radio stations, the most unscrupulous of people are are in uh, anything from... uh, Not the performers, they're great. Dedicated people, Mm -hmm. trying to entertain. And and then, you know, I mean, you get your occasional asshole. But, uh, you know, for the most part, everybody is very, very cool. I really enjoyed all of my associations, both with, uh, you know, the electronic and print media here in town, as evidenced by our good friends that came on the show today. Dave Hyde, Scoop Sculler. And, and, and of course, uh, Tony tomorrow. But... Uh, you can see what happened. I mean, uh, you know, th- this radio station was sold, a- and the new owner made off with the last 100%. month's receipts from the old owners. 100%. And now all of the people that were doing business with them are, are getting harassed by collection agencies a uh, year after the fact, saying, hey, so, so can you prove you paid this? We're like, What, what are yeah. you talking about? I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. you got to be kidding <laughs> me. Like a year ago. <laughs> but that guy then subsequently sold the station shortly thereafter. So, um, I, I don't know. I guess that was part of the deal, right? He walked off with Everybody, isn't that criminal? Uh, it is. I mean, it's no, called
1: stealing. <laughs>
0: yes. It's holy Lou Brock, man. You, you've been thrown out. Um, all right. Uh, we'll see you guys later on. Uh, we have to get o'clock. out of here. We'll see you at uh, 12 o'clock today. Mike Mayo's Launchbox uh, for Mike Luby Lubitz. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm Jeff DeForest. Uh, see you later as we leave you now that. The time. It's 9.07. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my show.